What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan Tuck. Stacy Glover. And you are listening to Cinema Parlor. That's right. Stacy, how you doing? Good. How are you, man? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, first and foremost, what are you drinking? Well, I think I'm drinking what you're drinking. We got a couple of Rigor Mortis. It's from Brasseria du Ciel Momentum. I don't know. Well, that's good enough. It's a full-bodied brown ale. Yeah. Intense with caramely sweet malt body. Only the slightest bitterness accompanies the complex flavors of red fruit and spice, resulting from the typical yeast stain employed. Directly from the bottle. This is a 10.5% beer. And I quite like it. What do you think? I think it's really good. Yeah, we're both drinking the same thing. We also, after we drink this, uh, we've got um, another lovely beer, Dead Guy Ale from Rogue. There's kind of a theme going on with our beverages. We got some deadly beverages. That's right. Going to be talking about some some living dead things. And uh, want to give a shout out to our editor and producer, Melanie, for getting us these beers today. That's right. And uh, she's awesome. So thank you. Yeah, so today we're going to be uh, talking about uh, Lucio Fulci's Zombie and Zombie 3. And so it should be fun. What have you been up to since last we spoke? Yeah, so I've watched a number of things. I'm going to do a reduced version because I've watched so much lately. But um, the first few things I will talk about, I'm going to kind of bundle these. Uh, I have seen If Beale Street Could Talk. This is uh, the new film from Barry Jenkins. I saw Burning, the new film from Lee Chong Dong. And I saw Shoplifters, the new film from Harakazu Kurita. These will be three of probably my favorite movies I saw from 2018. All three uh, I thought were close to masterpieces. So I know you haven't had a chance <clears throat> to see them yet. Not yet. Um, but I will we'll probably talk about them more later in the later when we do our list of the of the year i hope to see them before we talk about that um bill street doesn't have a blu-ray release yet announced so hopefully that one's a little bit more iffy you know it was only in theaters for a little bit and then like right. the show times were just didn't didn't work out to your schedule and winter time sure a lot of storms a lot of a lot of snow a lot yeah, of we, ice we've had a lot of strange weather lately a lot of ups and downs ice snow We've had some tornadoes. Know, some yeah, we uh, on Friday night we had had the tornado warnings going through. Yeah. Because it was like sixty degrees during the day, and then all of a sudden it went down to like in the thirties. Mm-hmm. And then storms were in the area, so it was it was crazy. Going green. You don't see tornadoes happen very much in the winter time. Not too often. But um, yeah. I bet it'd make a good sci-fi channel movie. Uh yeah, probably so. Blizznado. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that probably already exists. If it doesn't. There you go, sci-fi channel. What about you, man? Uh, what have you been watching here? I've got some more I'll talk about, yeah, but we'll just switch I, off here. Well, I've been catching up on, mostly I've just been catching up on 2018 films, and I've been watching a lot of like the like the bigger, like the Hollywood ones, and ones that have won like critics awards and stuff, so, you know, I've been watching like First Man, Hate You Give, um, I know there's some others in there that I've watched, but I feel like a big theme from this year, from these type of movies is that they all feel like movies from, like, the 90s to me. Yeah. Like, they they just feel very formulaic and very, uh, like, oscar Beatty. I don't know. Maybe I'm being, like, cynical, but I feel like a lot of the movies that are, like, up for awards and stuff this year 
like Green Room and Bohemian book. Rhapsody and stuff, or yeah, Green Book. If Green Room won an Oscar, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, yeah, Green Book and stuff. It, they just kind of seem yeah. like driving Miss Daisy ish to me. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a, a number of films that were nominated that I really don't even have any interest to in seeing, if I'm being honest. But uh, that's not giving a chance to things, so I, I won't know, be that way. That's but the thing. I I'm like the same to... way as you. I really don't. There's a few of them I just don't care to see that much, to be honest. Yeah, I, I like to watch all the stuff, so. Because I feel like I can't have a good like opinion if I have not seen a thing. Sure. So, you know, I, I try to watch them, give them a chance. And no, they're not, like, bad movies. They're just, like, eh. Like, it's not something that gets me excited. It's, you know. Yeah. Like, I appreciate it. But something that did get me excited, I did watch uh, The Godfather recently. Nice. Um, that movie's a masterpiece. Obviously, we don't have to talk about that one too much. It's a great movie. It's obviously a masterpiece. And who knows? Maybe we'll have an episode someday. Yeah. But, it, yeah, that film's fantastic. Yeah. Well, what else have you been watching? Can't disagree with you there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about... Here's some things both of us have watched, I know. Uh, this is kind of another cluster of newer movies. Uh, been Like he said, we, we've both been trying to catch up a lot. So, I watched... Uh, we both watched First Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the newest film from Damien Chazelle. Also, The Old Man and the Gun. Mm-hmm. This is David Lowry's film from last year. And then we also both watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Now, that's a movie that did get me excited. I think it's, like, one of the, like, boldest, like, big-budget American animations since, like, what, like, Fantasia? I, like, we really don't get, like, experimental animation films. It's, you know, like, the animation films that I think that people praise and stuff, you know, it's, like... Like Pixar, you know, you get great storytelling and, you know, things like that. But, like, the techniques, you know, behind the animation, um, you know, the things that's going on on screen, I feel like a lot of that stuff, it's kind of all the same. Mm -hmm. That's not to say it's bad. Sure. But, like, Spider-Man is completely different than anything I've ever seen in an American theater for, like, animation. I don't know about you. Yeah, I I liked it quite a bit, too. The animation pretty much wowed me. Um, Yeah, it... it, uh, it did it for me, too. I yeah. thought it was great. Uh, one of the better animated films I've actually probably seen in the last couple of years. Well, one of the best Marvel films, yeah. I think. Like, I, I think it ranks right up there with like the best of Spider-Man films, like uh, you know Homecoming and Spider-Man 2. Yeah, sure. And this was uh, kind of helmed by uh, Lord and Miller. I don't mm-hmm. know if they directed it, but they're kind of in charge yeah, of the project. Yeah, I, I think they produced it. Yep. And- and yeah, uh, shepherd it very interesting it was it definitely had their type of comedy i felt yeah in it uh you could feel their presence and uh yeah it was it, like you said the the animation is just uh really great well i think it's also awesome i we're probably gonna talk about this movie way later <laughs> but um i i think it's awesome that they trust their audience with their storytelling like the storytelling they do a good job of like presenting these like weird things and they don't hold your hand. They just expect, like, okay, you're going to get this, and we're going to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're not familiar with a bunch of the comics. and No, I like, I, I, I never read them. No I didn't trouble. know, you know, anything about these different worlds colliding together in the film. And it worked very well for me. So, yeah. That's, that's not issue. a good movie. Good storytelling. And uh, then, uh, real, like, Old Man the Gun and... Uh, and first man i think we were pretty similar and we have a few different opinions a little bit but i, I think we're probably pretty close on how we felt overall about the you film. love shaky cam and 
the first man. I will say the shaky the shaky yeah, shaky cam in First Man did not bother me. I thought it was uh, part of the film's approach. Um, but like uh, tripods aren't that expensive, know, right? I, uh, like if you're gonna make a movie like that, hey, like, you, you know, can buy a tripod. No, that that's fine. I understand it did not work for you. I, I just. You know, for me, I mean, it just didn't to bother say my. It's uh, a bad movie. I just, right. it's another one that's just, eh. Sure. Like the first half of that movie, is so boring. And that's where we can agree on 100% on that movie is, um, you know, I, I started liking it a little more in the second half of the movie because I found it more compelling. But you know, this is a movie that is kind of based around your characters and your storytelling. So like, I, you know. I wasn't invested the first half. I was a little well, bit bored not as well. So. That much conflict, right? It, it doesn't have like the high stakes drama that like an Apollo thirteen has. Sure, there was a lot I liked about it. I didn't. I you know I don't think it's a bad movie by any means. One of the best musical scores. It has of the a great year. score. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I, I dug it. Um. Uh. I I'm trying to th- let me find some nice nice things because I did have some nice things to say. Um. I. I do think that uh, Chazelle has a lot on his mind. Uh, doesn't give a clear answer on his beliefs, like about the moon landing. Um, there's a part where he shows the speech by JFK at the end, um, and that left me thinking a lot um, about. In that speech, he he talks about we as Americans do challenges not because they are easy, but because they are hard. I liked that a lot. I wish it wouldn't have taken so long to commit to that. What it was going for. Um, but like you said, I was impressed by the score by Justin Hurwitz as well. Now, when you say his belief in the moon landing, just for clarification, no, yeah, yeah. it's not that he doesn't believe the moon landing happened right. or not. Yes, the, his... the, they bring up the idea of, like, is it worth the cost in right. lives? Yes, that's what I meant to say. And yeah. money. He, he, there is a no way, shape, or form as he, he, he's questioning us landing on the moon. Right, I just wanted to clarify <laughs> right. because no, there the way is... I... The way a subsect of people that, that think right. that Stanley the, Kubrick filmed the moon right. landing. So yeah, and what you said, it's just, I think it has a good undertone in the film of like showing a lot of um, kind of economical and political struggle with what was going on. As you know, we were trying to beat the Russians to be the first one to do it, and then while a lot of people in in our country at the time were feeling, you know, should we be spending all this much? money to mm-hmm. try to achieve something that to a lot of people didn't think it was a big deal right so yeah and and like i that's just i, I like that he didn't really you know he didn't really give an answer but you know he kind of just shows what was happening in our country yeah time. so well, i had to prove that rock wasn't made of cheese exactly and then real quick i don't think me and you have even discussed this personally amongst uh-huh. ourselves the old man and the gun how'd you feel about that movie okay so i like that movie but it didn't get me excited as like as much as his best work does, if that makes sense. Like it's a loving tribute to like the American anti-hero, and it does a great job with that. Robert Redford is perfectly cast. Everybody in the movie, it's just charming. Mm-hmm. The movie's very charming. I enjoyed it, but it felt very low stakes mm-hmm. and just like, eh, that's a good movie. Yeah, it, it's a smaller film. I agree there. Uh, I I. I'm a big David Lowery fan. I like how he makes films. <clears throat> Again, it's a very well-directed movie, but I agree with you. It's slight. Um, and But I did love Robert Redford. I loved Sissy Spacek in smaller roles like Danny Glover and uh, Tom Waits. Yeah. Um, they're really good. Like, yeah, uh, Casey Affleck was, was good. Yes. Like, 
I had no it's issues a really with it. Solid film. Yeah. yeah. There's no. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with the movie. Sure. It's just. It's just like the stakes aren't there. There. It's not. I guess compelling dramatic material for me. Sure. Okay. Uh, do you have any anything else you want to talk about? Well, um, I have been playing a bunch of video games. I finally finished Red Dead, and might I say, that is a great journey. Nice. It's a uh, it's a long one, but I will say that after finishing it, it made me want to play through Red Dead One again. At least like the big money moments of Red Dead One, because it, there's like more context. Yep. To all that stuff, which you know, I just played Red Dead One before Red Dead Two came out, so mm-hmm. I think that's some good storytelling there. Um, I started playing through. I beat uh, Claire A. On the uh, Resident Evil 2 remake. Nice. So this just came out a few weeks ago. It's a monster hit. Uh, no pun intended. It, I think it shipped like 3 million copies. And it is a complete overhaul of Resident Evil 2. Which that game came out in 1998. And it, it, it's got one of the better stories for the series. Like it's still pulpy. But it's you know... I don't know, the, the dramatic, like, thrust of it, I think, is, like, the series' best. And they reorganize events, and the storytelling is done differently to where there's surprises. And I think they did a really good job with this remake. It, it feels familiar, but also completely brand new. And I think it's a, it's a wonderful way for people to experience this enjoyable story that might not have otherwise because of, you know, older games, accessibility, sure. and tank controls and stuff. Yeah. You know, it, they do a great job of um, making zombies scary, mm-hmm. and which is fitting about what we're going to talk about. Because sure. um, zombies, it, it's almost like an oversaturated thing. And this game, like, it makes them a threat. They're You just can't mow them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I really like it. I, I think you should check it out, man. Yeah, I think you would dig it. I'll probably, uh, you bought it on disc, so I'll probably borrow it from you sometime, if you don't mind. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that's one I've always wanted to play. I. I wasn't, I didn't have, I never had a PlayStation 1 growing up. I was, mm-hmm. I was a Sega Nintendo guy, so. Yeah, you had a Nintendo 64. Yep. Um, but, uh, I started off with a, my first PlayStation was the PlayStation 2, so. Great system. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm very much interested in playing it. So. Yeah, and there's a lot of meat there. There's like four separate campaigns and then you get, uh, like two bonus mode campaigns and they're going to be doing some free DLC, like. Survivor stories from Raccoon City, so oh, it's nice. pretty awesome, and it, I'm just happy that Resident Evil is big again and doing really well. Okay, very good. Uh, the last couple things I will group into here um, is some since we're going to be talking about some horror genre stuff. The last few things I'll talk about are some horror genre stuff. I won't go deep diving into them um, for lack of time purposes, but I caught up with some. Uh, horror films, some genre stuff from last year, and then a couple, some older stuff as well. Uh, I watched uh, Unsane, uh, Soderbergh's film from last year. I watched the new Halloween movie, and I also watched Strangers Pray at Night, the sequel to Strangers, directed by Johan Roberts. And then lastly, uh, I watched a movie from 1976 called Alice Sweet Alice that I don't think that some people watch, but I don't think enough people have seen it. Uh, this was a really cool uh, slasher film that I would highly recommend. And also, I watched uh, the new 
a documentary just put on Shudder this last week called Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror. Um, so that is a bunch of things right there. None of those films I particularly disliked. I'm higher on some than others. Halloween I thought was okay. I didn't love it as much as a lot of people, but I as definitely... As much as me. As much as you, but I definitely, you know, didn't dislike the movie. Um, Can I ask yes. you a thing real quick about that? Is it... Is the plot twist... Was it so bad that... And it's it has to inv- it's with a character, a right. specific one. Was that so bad that it turned you off for the rest of it, the movie? It really... Um, all I can say, like, for the first half... Like, like, is that why you hate the movie? No, uh, the first half, I don't know what it was, other than I just, like, sometimes... This is a personal thing. Uh-huh. Like, this is nothing... This You just sometimes... I feel like you get in a rhythm with a movie, and for some reason, I I didn't feel the film's rhythm. Like Something was just off for me. I don't know what. But I wasn't, like, upset at any time. I was just like, something was just off. But, but then what, when that scene you're talking about happened, it really did put a sour taste in my mouth because like at that moment I was starting to get more invested with Mm -hmm. the film like I was I was feeling what was happening and that just man it it pissed me off we feel the same about that moment I think I just um the craft in that film I think I'm higher sure on it than maybe you are or maybe that moment spoiled all your appreciation and I will say like I understand like you know most yeah, most that, people have really in, in, enjoyed the music the movie. is the music so is good. Yeah. and I, uh, by all means I didn't dislike the movie it just some great uh, set pieces it wasn't all didn't all work for me but yes there are some great set pieces there um, and then as a so, crazy yeah. person you love the new I, strangers I did like the new strangers um, which I know I'm in the minority there as well yeah that's a bad movie uh, I really <laughs> I really liked it um, I thought it did some interesting things as far as uh, what the movie. Um, was trying to do uh, the first half. I understand is a bit uh, slow and boring, but um, there is a moment that happens, and again, I won't spoil anything. Um, where something happens with a couple of our characters, and the aesthetic turns. And uh, I think I know we disagree on this, um, but for me, it worked as a whole because without the first half, you don't get the second half, and it worked uh, for me what the film's language in what it was doing. So. I didn't love it. I give it like three stars. Listen, I just enjoyed the movie for what it was. I, I appreciate that you enjoy the film. <laughs> Can't see eye to eye with you on this one. That's I shouldn't right. have to watch an hour of awfulness to get two all right scenes that may have been done better in the things that it's ripping off. That's fair. We disagree. Sometimes these things happen. Yeah. And then we'll disagree probably on the next one as well. I also watched uh, Unsane, which I also liked as well. Again, these movies for me, the reason I like them is all basically on what they're trying to do aesthetically. I'm big on that. I know some are. Uh, so, but I liked what Soderbergh was doing. It's an ugly aesthetic, and I enjoyed what he was doing shooting on an iPhone, making it that aesthetic. Yeah, I didn't mind that. Um, uh, but yeah, I will agree Don't that the story is not the strong point of the film the third um, act shits the bed so hard i did enjoy claire foy quite a bit she is very good in the film and i just i always uh, i always enjoy the experiments that soderbergh takes and while not all of them work all the way this one did for me so uh yeah <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't too big on this but she is really good in it and i i would say the first and most of the second act is actually pretty compelling. It's just, man, that third act is 
hot trash. It took you out. So yeah. that is fair. And then, uh, like I said, Alice Sweet Alice, Alice, Alice is great. It's a good movie. Yeah. I, oh, you've seen it as well? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the one with the little girl yep. church thing. Yeah, there's like two girls, they're sisters. Yeah. Um, I won't get into it too much because I don't think a lot of people have probably seen this movie. No, but it's available um, on Amazon. Yeah, it's available on Amazon Prime, and it's a pretty creepy movie. And I, I really like the way it's shot in the, the structures and interiors mm-hmm. it uses. Um, uses these um, uh, real like houses and sets from I think it's New Jersey maybe um, but anyway uh, really really good movie um, so I would highly recommend that and then lastly like I said uh, this new documentary called uh, Horror Noir uh, it's a documentary about the history of horror film for uh, the black community uh, horror film so, so um, when you say do you mean like Blackula and yeah so this this kind like of that. starts from you know as they go over basically the whole history of film in a way except in the horror genre with a black perspective. So um, they kind of talk about, uh, you know, how they start basically with Birth of a Nation and how black people oh. were portrayed in that. Um, and they go on, they, they talk. And again, this is all from a black person's perspective. So like, you know, I watched some of this and I was like, you know, you can disagree with some of what they're saying because obviously we're not in their shoes while watching film. We come from a different perspective. We're both white. Um, so they have a, you know, a, a segment in there talking about kind of the, um, the horror movie that went into like, you know, King Kong and then from there into the universal monsters. And, um, they talk from that. Um, they talk all the way up through, you know, Blackula, then they get so, into Ganja and Hess and they, so it's like a, like a portrayal of African Americans in horror yeah, films. Yeah, and just there's and like it's a, actually there's a lot of academic talk as well, uh-huh. um, just about um, uh, social issues about how they're portrayed on screen. So, so, for like example, like I assume the King Kong talk is, I mean, I, obviously how they treat the islanders and stuff, but also the allegory of Kong being a slave. Yes, being a black person, right? And, and again, you can. You know, you don't have to agree with that. It's just, you know, uh, how they... Oh, uh, I mean, it's perspective. there, yeah. And then they also go into talk like the Universal Monsters. At this point, that black people had been taken out of horror film, basically. And they would see themselves as the monster. Because all you see are white people. Um, and then they talked about kind of the creature from the Black Lagoon. How it had bigger lips... Oh, yeah, um, I mean... Again, I, these are things you don't have to agree <laughs> try with. Try to steal a white woman off a boat. Right. Um, but these, you know... They're, yeah. You know... No, I, I get that. It's, it's a very... That, that sounds interesting. It's a very interesting documentary. And I didn't... You know, I learned a lot from the, the movie as well. And I think it was all it's all interesting. And then, like I said, they talked all the way up through... Um, you know, they talk about Tales from the Hood. Uh, they talk all the way up through, you know, like Halloween H2O with LL... Cool J's character, um, all the way up to Get Out, and Jordan Peele's on there a lot, and okay. he says a lot of very interesting things, um, and it also talks about Get Out and some things I hadn't noticed from Get Out, like, uh-huh. you know, obviously, I hadn't thought about, and so I think it's a very informative, and it's also, you know, most importantly for people, um, not only is it informative, but it's entertaining, like, it's only like 80-some minutes long, and it flies by just because... I think it's so well done, and you know, I, I, I think it's important for a lot of people to watch. I'll just put it that way. Awesome. And it's like I said, it's streaming on Shutter, so if you have that uh, app, you should watch it. 
So yeah, I, w- I want to check it out. I, that just released what it did this it, week. Yep, yeah, it was just just I think it was on Thursday or Friday. Okay, this last week. Awesome. So, sorry, I went on a little long there. So. Well, Are we ready to get into our main subjects yeah, of the man. day? So let's talk about Zombie. It's, um, you know, 1979. Lucio Fulci. Okay. So just to get into a little background, and I'll let you do your, you know, synopsis. Uh, so this movie is known as Zombie 2 in Italy. Uh, Zombie is actually a Dario Argento cut of Romero's Dawn of the Dead. They were producing partners when making that film. In fact, I think Romero went to Italy and worked with Argento to write the screenplay for the film. Right. So, since they were producing partners on this film, uh, the rights for everything, it, it kind of got split. So, Argento's cut of the film, they had uh, sequel rights. Now, it had nothing to do with Romero, but I guess that production company, if they wanted to create sequels to Zombie... They were allowed to. Yep. So, uh, that movie came out. It was a big success. Have you seen Argento's cut of Dawn of the Dead? I don't know if I have. I'll be honest. I have. I know I've. I. I know the cut because I think I have it on DVD. But yeah. I don't know if I've ever watched his it, cut. It, it's a little shorter and it's more more action. So a lot of the quiet scenes are kind of taken out of the movie. A lot of the character development and it's more focused on that like comic book action aesthetic. That he goes for, especially in, you know, the third act of that film. And I believe it's got more goblin tunes in it. So, that movie's a big success, and they, you know, push through a sequel immediately. And it's a sequel in name only, and this is Fulci's Zombie 2, or Zombie as it's known here, and also Zombie Flesh Eaters. Yep. A few different names there. Yeah. Quick couple things um, on Fulci. This was a man who started uh, making movies, I believe, in the late fifties. Um, he was he directed comedies for for Italy. Um, he directed those all the way through the sixties. Then he made a genre western film, and from there he made a couple giallo films. Um, so this was kind of where his career at was his career was at. And then uh, Zombie comes along. Um, there were two directors that were asked to make the film before him, so he was third choice. But he was the best choice, in my opinion. So, uh, he makes the root movie, like you kind of said, it rides on the success of Dawn of the Dead. You said, Orgen- or, you know, Argento worked on the Italian cut. Um, that came out in 78, mm-hmm. I believe, right? Yes. So, Zombie was shot in April and a little bit in May in 1979. It comes out that August. Yeah. Shot and comes out within three months. Yeah, that's pretty insane. Uh so, yeah, um, I think I want to talk a little bit real quick about just, you know, a lot of people, I think, when it came out, you know, kind of wrote it off a little bit because they said, well, he's just kind of copying Romero. But in reality, there's a lot of differences in these, big differences in oh, these yeah. films, not only in kind of their atmosphere, but like how they take, where they take place and the emphasis on how the zombies have came to exist, right? And also, I think it's big to note the difference in the look, whereas Romero's kind of more look like normal humans, but mm-hmm. have like, you know, a, a kind of a paint, grayish paint on them and on, trying to him get him more across of the commerce and the, you know, you look the same, you're just kind of dead inside, yeah. you know, <laughs> where as Fulci doesn't really care about the overall 
social commentary, but he is interested on an emphasis of decay. So, mm-hmm. like, all these zombies in his movie definitely look rotted and nasty and gruesome to yeah. an extent. Um, so, I just wanted to throw a couple of those things out there. And, uh, yeah, so, can I give you a synopsis here? Absolutely. For Zombie Flesh Eaters, er, er, 1979, we are going to eat you. This comes from Letterboxd. A zombie is found aboard a boat, aboard a boat off the New York coast, which belongs to a famous scientist. A journalist travels to the, uh, Antilles, Antilles, with the daughter of the scientist. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of that island. Antilles. Antilles. They discover a terrifying disease, which is turning the islanders into horrifying zombies who devour human flesh and seem indestructible. Stacy. Yeah. Before we get into the movie deeply, what are your overall thoughts on well, zombie? Okay, so this movie, like you were saying, this this is kind of its own thing. It's more of an adventure picture than, like, Romero's are. Now, his films do have, like, a sense of adventure, especially Dawn of the Dead. But I think that, uh, you know, with with this film, it's more about, like, the action set pieces. You know, this is zombie gore and action without any social commentary. It's not interested in, you know, throwing back like a reflection on our world. It, it's not trying to say anything. It's only trying to be entertaining, just pop, you know, action horror. And I really like it. I think it's got some of the best like set pieces in a movie like this. And, you know, if I just want to watch some bubblegum fun, man, like this is it. Sure. So <clears throat> this, this was the first Fulci film I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't, be surprised if I watched it with you for the first time. I can't remember, or I borrowed it from you, one of the two, many years ago. Uh, since then, I've seen the movie probably three or four times. Um, I love this movie a lot. Um, I agree with everything you said. Also, uh, this was like, when I saw this movie, it turned me on to like a new type of thing. Like, I'd never seen a horror movie like this. It's surreal. Um, there's like no structural or narrative sense, but like images um that like are strange they don't make logical sense a lot of times but like they it's like this dreamlike thing and it's like scenes can build up like sometimes you know we'll talk about the splinter scene later but like it takes like six minutes for this scene to just build and i'd never seen anything like that but like it just it's this visceral like dreamscape thing that i just love i don't know how to explain it other than I just, I, when I see it, I just get locked in every time and like, I just, I dig it. (laughs) It does feel like a nightmare. And this is, so before this, he did Don't Torture a Duckling. Right. Um, and then you said he had another Jell. Yeah, he did some Jell. like, I think one's called, uh, Perversion Story, another called, uh, A Lizard in a Woman's Skin. Yeah, and those, those came out before Mm -hmm. this, but... He doesn't get to his surreal horror until after this. Yeah. So he does his Gates of Hell series. Right. Uh, it was three movies yep. in that. Yeah. City of the Living Dead. Um. House on the Hill. House. Uh. House by the Cemetery. Yeah. House and by the, the Cemetery and Beyond. Yep. So uh, this is before he gets into his surreal phase of horror, which you know, for me, Beyond is his best film. Yeah, it's, but it's hard the, to beat that one. This the zombie is, is a close. Second. Yeah, I I like this. For me, this would be number two as well. I don't know if that's what you're 
you know, feeling. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, to be honest, I, I love them both so much. I do think Beyond is just a little better, but I, I love them both. Yeah, so this movie, as you were saying, like, the story does play fast and loose, but there actually is a story there here, is one, sure. which is something you don't get in some of his other films, which we will probably talk about after this movie. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the story is, like, kind of sound for an adventure, and, um, you know, it's really built on these set pieces. Mm -hmm. Let, let's get into, uh, you know, some of the cast. Uh, yeah. Peter, the journalist guy. Yep. So that's Ian McCulloch, yep. which uh, one of our episodes that has not been released, one of our practice runs, we did uh, Contamination, sure. which he stars in that. Which that one may never get released in the world, but if it does, that's a fun episode. Yeah. Just a random, we did Contamination, which I might compare that to a different movie we're going to talk about after a while. Yeah. Uh, and then he was also in Dr. Butcher. Have you heard of that movie? I have heard of that. I have not yeah. seen it. So he's one of the leads in that. And then you have Brian, the other guy who owns the boat. Right. Uh, he plays... It. His... Yeah. No, uh, the actor's name is Al Cliver, but yeah. Brian is the character. The character's name. Uh, he's in Beyond. Yeah. He had, in this movie, he had a little bit of, uh, Kurt Russell's son vibe to him. Oh, Wyatt. Beard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I really like that Daily Planet shirt he was wearing. A little, yeah. you know, Superman yeah, reference. Yeah, Yep. And then uh, Anne, who's the main girl, is played by Tissa Farrow. I couldn't really find much on her. Yep. Um, well, you know, those are going to be our leads. And then we've got... Uh, I will say, it, it does show on her that she acted in Woody Allen's Manhattan. Uh-huh. Which I think is interesting. Um, she's also in some more, like, genre stuff, including, like, some of uh, Joe D'Amato stuff. So, anyway, just some randoms on her. Uh, Dr. David, who's... He actually starts the film off yep. um, with a line. That's Richard Johnson, who he is the doctor in the 63 Haunting, which I don't okay. know. Have you seen that I movie? Robert Wise. So that movie's fantastic, but he's the doctor in that. He's also in uh, the Charlton Heston Julius Caesar. He plays uh, Cassius. Okay. So anyways, let's get into this movie, man. Uh, right from the beginning, the soundtrack is killer. Like, the main theme for this movie is awesome. Yeah. Real quick on the soundtrack, um, which uh, the Blu-ray I picked up has the CD soundtrack with it, so that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about later in the show. But, um, you know, I really... Argento and Fulci have, like... Are known for, like, their scores and being motifs or themes. So, like, when you have, like a crazy scene kind of getting ready to happen, a lot of times the same track will play over these scenes. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot, of, a lot of fun. I really like that a lot. And the score here is no different. It's pretty great. Yeah, it, it's awesome, man. I think the opening of this film is really good. It, it sets up a great mystery. And I really like that. Yeah. So you get the boat that comes into New York Harbor. And... These two cops, you know, investigate it because they're thinking that if it's an abandoned boat, they're going to get this big score yep. out of it. And you, there's this wonderful fat zombie on the boat. Yep. I called him a big-bodied zombie. <laughs> you get, like, some good effects there. Um, he, you know, wipes them out and stuff and then gets dumped into the harbor, which, bum, 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 you know, yep. infects well, the water supply. The, we'll the, revisit that in the officer 80 minutes. shoots him 80... 80 you just said 80. The officer shoots him many times. It feels like 80 times. But uh, he never shoots him in the brain. So no. he falls into water. 
soggy body. And guess what? Bad things will ensue. So you get um, a, a bunch of cuts, you know, different scenes in New York, kind of setting up what's going on there. They're mm -hmm. investigating, you know, the bodies. They want to figure out who this boat belongs to. At that point, you're introduced to our lead characters. Uh, you have Anne, uh, who is the daughter of the scientist. She's trying to figure out what happened to her dad. Right. Um, we also have, so Peter, which is Ian McCullough, he, his introduction, man. So he's at a newspaper, and I, I think Fulci is the yes. guy who's giving him... Fulci is his boss in this yeah. scene. Yep. So he has this wonderful line that he's like, you know, since your uncle bought the newspaper... Which is funny because Ian McCullough looks like he's in his 40s into this film. Yeah. And, like, he is not a young, like, whippersnapper journalist. Like, this guy should be owning and running the paper, right? Right. Like, you would think so. I just thought it was funny. Your uncle bought the newspaper. That's, <laughs> That's really right. funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I also have written down, which we kind of touched on, this makes no sense as a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Sure. Um, yeah, but, and you'll find out every film in this series is its own thing. Yeah, it's its own thing, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so Peter West, we find out he's a reporter, like you said. Um, right after this, we get to meet Anne. Uh, Peter and Anne uh, kind of hook up together, and, you know, she's looking for her father. Yeah. We find out the boat that we see from, you know, the first scene there that was found was her dad's. But, uh -huh. obviously, he's not on it. So, from there, uh, you know, we get this kind of adventure from here on out. <laughs> okay, so Peter and Anne join up, and he's doing this to get a story for the newspaper. What do you think of the motivation for this character? Like, he is leaving <laughs> New York to go to, like, some jungle island right. to investigate this mystery of this girl that he just met, like, father? Yeah. What is the motivation there? I don't like. What article are you going to get out of this? I don't think there is one. Yeah, it's uh, it, pretty loose. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I uh, just thought it was funny. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, they they uh, they're going to go to this island, uh, a boat ride uh, to a certain part of the island is what they're looking for. I can't remember the name of it. So that was not great of me, but I'm no, sorry. That, that's fine. At this point, they meet Brian and his. Girlfriend, yeah. I didn't write her name down. Um, um, keep, bad on me. Keep talking, I will find uh, that because I don't so, want to leave her out. So they agree to. Her uh, name is uh, Aretta Gay, played, uh, and that's her real name. And uh, her name in the film is Susan Barrett. Yeah. Um, okay. So they agree to take them to the island since it's on their way. They're just Americans who are vacationing. So you get your first like really good set piece mm -hmm. off of this. Where we get a nude scuba diving photography scene. Yep. So this girl just gets like completely naked except for like these weird like diaper G-string thing going on. Yep. Yep. And puts on a scuba tank. Breasts out, ass cheeks out. Yeah. And they they kind of make a joke of it in the way that it's cut because it cuts between, you know, the guy's faces just checking yep. her out and stuff. And she jumps into the water, and you get this, like, bull shark attack. And it's definitely playing on, like, the success of Jaws, you know, trying to build tension with this shark. And she's trying to get away from the shark, and then she runs into an underwater zombie. Yeah. And this scene, 
I think this movie is probably most famous for this scene. Like, people who have just seen it in passing, like, this is probably, like, oh, the shark versus zombie movie. But you do get a fight between a shark and a zombie, and it's just a stunt dude in zombie makeup actually wrestling with a sedated bull shark. Yeah. What did you think of this scene? This is this is the first great scene in the movie. So you think it's a great scene? I love this scene it's, so much. It's so bizarre. It's it's bizarre and like like why you said, is she naked? I'll never forget the first time I saw this scene. I was like WTF, WTF, bro? Like what's going on? When you first watched it, could you tell that like, oh, this is a dude punching a real shark? Yeah, I mean, it. You know, back in the day, we we just had you know DVD. Yeah. Like, like uh, you know, that's some kind of crazy thing. Yeah, I, I'm sure this is one I rented on OG Netflix back in yeah. the day. But, um, yeah, I mean, I did, to the, probably the first time I saw it, I, I really wasn't thinking about it, to be honest. I was just like, this is awesome and insane. What is happening right now? Like, there's a naked lady, a shark, and a zombie. Yeah. They just all come together. It's great. Now, the, the lady does make it out alive. She gets out of there. She's like, oh, crap. It is an interesting build of events because you get a lady who's stripping. Yeah. She looked good. She is. She's and a pretty lady. you get, like, this underwater photography. It kind of does, like, a Jaws 2 thing of, uh -huh. like, taking pictures and then the shark attack. And it's like, oh, the shark's, you know, this is going on. Like, yeah. oh, got to get out of the water. And then she runs into the zombie. And so your tension just triples. Yeah. Of like, oh, there's a soggy body, yeah, and a shark. The the great thing, like right right when the the shark and zombie meet for the first time, he just takes a chunk out of the shark and yeah. bites it. And what's also what's cool about this scene um, is the whole thing was was shot underwater in in the ocean, and this is so this is not like a secluded pit or anything. Uh -huh. This was actually shot in the ocean underwater. They had to find someone who could obviously hold their breath for a minute to two minutes at a time. So this was a stunt person. So this this whole thing is actually kind of happening. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty insane. Well, and then you get the great shot of the fake arm and the zombie yeah. actually rips the fake arm off. That's right. Just just takes a bite out. And that looks really good. <laughs> it does. It is, like, there's no doubt this is a ridiculous scene, but, like, man, Fulci is crazy, and I love it. Yeah, no, it's very unique. It's something that I don't think I've seen since. Yeah. they One of the documentaries I was watching before we started, uh, you know, they were talking about, you know, the, the underwater zombie. It hadn't been done a lot of times. It had been done a couple times before this. I think he named Shockwaves. Oh, yeah, had, yeah, like, with Peter Cushing. Right, and there was a couple others he named, but nothing like like this. Like, not... The way it was shot, it's just, it's pretty insane. Well, an action scene underwater, yeah. essentially. Right. Pretty so, cool. the movie, it goes from, like, this set piece right immediately into the next set piece. Yeah. And uh, let's talk about a little build before this. Yeah. So, you get the doctor and his wife. Yeah, we meet, we meet uh, David... I couldn't, I could never tell, was he a doctor or scientist, or does it matter? I don't think it matters. I think he was a doctor, because he's, he's trying to cure the people. So, this phenomenon's going on on the island, and they don't really say if it's a disease or if it's voodoo. Mm -hmm. I, I, I imagine it's voodoo, like some sort of curse is on right. the island. We get one of the characters, you know, talking about it specifically later on, but it never really... 
tells you a clear answer. It's right. just kind of what they think is happening. Because well, if you're bitten, then you turn into a zombie, which is more of the disease angle. Right. But there's things that happen that are very mystical and supernatural mm-hmm. that do not make sense with the disease idea and are very voodoo-ish. Yeah. So let's just say a general curse on the island. They have this like weird soap opera type scene between the doctor and his wife. Yes. And that's your introduction to her. It's actually a really bad scene. It, it definitely slows down the pace of stuff. It, it's what happens it's before of, the shark attack. It's one of the slower scenes in the movie. Now, I will say, you know, I obviously I've said I love this movie, and I do. But it doesn't mean I have some issues. There are some issues with pacing, and this would be one of those. Yeah, times. and obviously we talked, like, the story is not important. And right. it's not very great. Obviously, character motivation mm-hmm. is sure. not good. But I will say... You know, over the next movie we're going to talk about, at least this has a sense of time and place. Right. Which is kind of important for a narrative. Very good point. Um. Now, she says, um, I wrote down um, about, uh, man, did you ever, did you find her name? I'm sorry. I don't think they actually say his wife's name in the movie. Maybe later they yeah, do. Yeah, he always says, like, my is, wife. Is her name, I, I'm going to go with this one, Paola Menard, played by Olga Carlitos. Yeah, that, that okay. is the actress's name. Okay, so I just wrote down, she's very boozy, and David claims they can't get a hold of anyone on the radios, because they're down. Uh-huh. Um, they are not in a good way, relationship-wise, it seems. They're very up in the air with each other. You don't really know why. Well, let's than... talk about this relationship. Okay. He's obviously like 20 years older than her. Yeah. I mean, and she's way better looking than he is. She's a beautiful woman. Now, maybe him being a doctor, and right. you have to imagine there's some renown there because if he's going to like this secluded island to study a new disease or a phenomenon, you would think that he's someone of importance. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Now, what I'm wondering, where did this villa come from that they live in? Is this something that somebody had and is renting out to them? Did they just have it built for their stay? What's going on with that? Mm-hmm. And like, why is she there? Yeah, there's, why did there's, she? There's a lot of questions. There. Why was he like, "Hey, hot wife, mm-hmm. let's go to the islands yeah. where this disease curse thing is happening"? Because I want to study it and I need you there. Sure. Like, what is the? Why is she there? It's a good question. Other than to see her get brutally massacred. Naked and then brutally massacred. <laughs> as is these movies go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that that's fair. You know, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't have an answer. Because I don't know either. Other than, you know, she's just chilling in this villa slash cottage all day while he's doing weird science stuff. I mean, obviously. Doctor stuff. <laughs> weird science doctor stuff. So obviously she's there because we need another good-looking lady to sure. be in peril. But yeah, it's a weird relationship. Yeah. So it jumps from the shark scene right into this, the infamous eye splinter scene. So it just cuts to the villa. She's taking a shower. Right. And you get like just two minutes of her just showering. Yeah. So what's interesting? I want to. I want to. Say something real quick. Um, so after yeah, um, I I wanted to note real quick. We've already talked about this during uh-huh. the, the shark and zombie scene. The music rocks. Oh, the music it's does so rock. Good. His his score is playing on on top of that whole scene while it's happening. Um, after that though, yeah. So when we get this scene where you know we go to meet her, 
Um, we get this weird uh, voyeuristic perspective from the zombie. Yeah. Well, and also another thing I thought was interesting about this, and you're talking because they do show the zombie's hand come up on the window. They do. And you just assume he's, like, creeping in. Like, first we get this shot of, like, of this voyeuristic feel of, like, him, this zombie possibly spying on a man and his dog. Uh-huh. And then from that, we go to... His perspective, her shower. Yeah, the nude scene. Mm-hmm. So, another thing I thought that was interesting about this is the majority of this sequence is shot through reflections. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Her her showering and her yep. getting out of the shower, I think, is all shot in mirrors. Yes, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. No, I don't know why, no, good but note. it's interesting. That's true. Um, I, I just wrote down more zombie voyeurism watching her shower. So yeah. obviously, you know, you know, I don't, I don't know what the zombie's thinking here, but uh, he sees food, he's hungry, yeah, and he sees a naked lady. You, you know? think he just saw like a hot dog? He was, just yeah, standing exactly. There. He's like, hmm, dinner time. Yeah. So the zombie breaks into her home through a door. So this whole scene from here on out, we talked a little bit about it earlier. This is like close to a six-minute kind of scene here. It just keeps building. It's a build. So the zombie's trying to. Come through the front. You know, she sees what's happening. She tries to... Does she nail some boards down? I can't No, remember. I think she pushes kind of pushes. Dresser. That's what it is. The dresser. Whilst, like, before this, like, his hand gets through. You see a really, like, kind of... Uh, yeah, inducing scene. He's, um, he's in the house and... The hand. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it kind of reminded me... Evil Dead does this later. Of, like, right? the, like, hands yeah. and just slamming When it's, the like, hand. coming through the yeah. cellar. Trying to, Smashing yeah. them fingers. Yeah. So you get that. You see some good blood coming out of those fingers. His fingers getting ripped. Dude, in fact, watching this movie, I feel like Evil Dead may have taken, like... Some influence from this, sure. you know, because some of the set pieces, you know, like the zombie smashy fingers. Yep. And also, I thought that the zombies in this movie looked a lot like the Deadites from the first movie of Evil Dead. Like, there's a lot of, like, wha- like ah, latex and stuff yes. built onto the faces. It's very crusty. No, for sure. By the way, speaking of that, of dead, uh, nasty, crusty dudes, I'm onto the get dead guy ale right oh, now. Oh, me too, brother. Oh, you are too. This yeah. is a... Um, beer from Rogue. I'm just going to give us a small uh, segue here to the beers we're drinking. Uh-huh. This is a 6.8%. Uh, this is a, uh, you know, ale with robust malt uh, profile, a sweetness that is balanced by the liberal use of bittering hops. It's tasty. Yeah, it is really good. It's, it's I like the can design too. It's got this slick black it's can, like this, and you get this weird, like, voodoo skull guy holding a mug of beer. Yeah, it's like this metallic black, yeah. and a nice little deadite here on the screen, as you mentioned deadites, so I just thought I'd <laughs> interrupt you to talk so, about that real quick. back to the splinter, man. You get this, like, this build just yeah. layering on, yeah. like, the tension, and then you see him start punching through yeah. the door, through trying that. to get to her, yeah. and that splinters off the wood. Yep. Yeah. So, as she's walking away from just barricading the door, the zombie goes in and grabs her hair, and it pulls her face in, and it feels like the scene lasts, like, 45 seconds uh-huh. of her, like, just yeah. zoomed in close, her face just coming closely to this, like, splinter, and yeah. then they'll show, 
you know, head on, you know, what's in store for her. Yep. And it's like, you know what's going to happen. I think it just makes it all the worse. And this whole time you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it's just coming, keeps yeah. coming, keeps coming. Now, <clears throat> what I understand is when this movie uh, showed in for the first time in some areas, like for England, let's say, uh huh, there was a cut of this film to where they, they cut right before that splinter would go in oh, because they had... Restrictions at the yeah. time, right? Yeah, this is so. This movie came out right before the video nasty yeah. stuff, but I know that this was one of the first movies that was like, "You bad, yeah, video nasty." Right. So uh, for a lot of people, they didn't get to see this for the first time until it hit DVD. Yeah, like 20, which, 30 years. Eight to be later. honest, like it really changes how you feel about the movie. Not that the, you know the movie's still fine, even if it didn't have this, but like. These buildups are like part of the, uh-huh. the film's form and part of what it's what it's doing. But like this scene is just uh, it's a lot. To, like I love it, but it's like a lot of buildup, and it's also like it shows the splinter going through. Uh huh. And I'm just like, wow. Well, every time I see it, I'm blown away. It's a really good effect. So you have to imagine the initial part of it is it's got to be a fake head, right? That they impale yep. through this stick. And then you get... It, it cuts and it's, um, you know, this built-up, like, fake, waxy eye thing. But it's the actress there, not the fake head. And, you know, she's reacting what's going on. It looks really good. It, the way it's cut, it's it's really well done. Right. I, I would say, you know, up to this point, you know, in films, this has got to be one of the standout gore scenes in... Your horror movies. It's and it holds up so well. It does. Like it's, it looks great, even on this new Blu-ray transfer. It yeah, looks so when good. the the wood pierces the eye, it's got like this yep. weird waxy yep. egg-like thing. It just bursting. And if you haven't seen this scene, I hope you have. If you're listening at this point, but I mean, the splinter goes all the way in. Oh, it's so I mean, messed up. It's not just like a prick. I mean, it is full on. Now, a lot of people. And I agree with this. Um, a lot of people bring up uh, Salvador Dali when talking about this scene because um, one of the earliest surrealism stuff we've seen was uh, between him and Louis Bunuel. Yeah, um, Unchin. Unchin Andalou, I believe. And, yeah, and that razor cut you know, of the eye. We see a razor cut of the eye. And I think, you know, to Fulci's credit, I think he takes a little bit of homage there. Now, I give him full credit still because no one has done this type of thing before. But it's the same concept to a point to where you're seeing this uh, eyeball just get brutally massacred. You've seen Unchin. I have. Yeah. If you want surreal, just nonsense. Yeah. That's a good one. Crazy stuff. Yes. You should check it out. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. No, it's a really cool effect. And all of it done in camera. It's so good. Yes. Uh, So this, this back to back, these are like two of my old... Oh, shit moments. Yeah, and you're like, not given any pacing. And I also think it's interesting because, um, you know, movies at this time, especially like horror films, there is like a sense of you're going to get gore and you're going to get nudity. Yep. And you get like both of these standout things like back to back. Like nude scenes are boom, boom. And then you get this like probably the goriest moment in the film, right? Yeah, I, I mean... Yes. It's the moment I feel most uncomfortable. Yeah, there's no, like, pacing up to it, which most movies would have, like, a sense of relief. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what they do. They do a comic scene or, you know, some dramatic thing to ease the tension. Right. But this movie's just 
tension after tension. Yeah. There's like from this like from this point on the the movie really is very solid about giving you set pieces and action. It, it moves pretty good. From yeah. It, so our heroes get to the island. Um, the doctor finds him immediately. Uh, you get kind of an expo dump of him explaining, you know, the girl's uh, dad's role and everything. Right. We and find out it, Anne's father has died. Yeah. And it cuts back to the very beginning of the film where you find out like this doctor's first dealing with this curse on the island. Yeah. Um, now, intercept like between all this like action and drama going on, you have these wonderful shots of just the village mm-hmm. and like the emptiness of it, yeah. and it kind of plays back to that later on in the film. Um, yeah, I love these shots, man. Yeah, of just the empty village. You get like a chicken, it's you know, running around, really, maybe a villager. Really great widescreen shots. There's this one in particular, and I think it's a little later in the film that you were talking about, like. There's a crab that kind of yeah, like walks through. The side, um, side yeah, strutting, strafing. Very good. Um, I, what you're talking about, we get this image with the chicken. We get some donkeys, I think, uh-huh. in the background. It's it's this very isolated, but yet, like, just completely absent mm-hmm. uh, feel of, of space, right? So it's But it, it works very well. So, our... Our heroes come to the island, doctor drives them into town, and he finds out that, like, more of his people are sick, so he has to figure that out, so he sends them on a mission to go get his wife, and this is where the movie, like, from here on out, any drama and storytelling is kind of out the window, it's just action, Yep. here till the end. So, they go to the villa to find the wife, and they find a bunch of zombies snacking on her, Yeah. so yeah. you get... Like, these wonderful, like, fight scenes of them defending themselves. They get into the truck, and there's a zombie that jumps out in the middle of the road. Yep. They and, hit of course, he hits him, and he's like, ah, driving like a maniac. The vehicle goes off into some shrubbery of sorts. And yeah, it crushes, like, the radiator or whatever. Yep. And in the meantime, our... Uh, quote-unquote hero Peter busts his ankle. Yeah, they never are clear, like, what happens there. It's <laughs> just like, ah, your ankle's busted. What's funny about that is, like, later it shows him, like, the doctor looking at it, and it's like, it's a gnarly wound. Yeah. Like, it's like this huge freaking gash that's, like, down to almost the bone. And it doesn't make sense. He's, like, in the safest part of the vehicle when it <laughs> <Yeah>. wrecks. <laughs> it's really And good. it's not like a... I mean, the... the Car drives maybe five miles an hour into a tree. Yeah. So, like, you know, they leave the vehicle. They wreck the vehicle, like you said. Um, the radiator has had it, which is going to be a callback later. I'm yeah. Up. Uh, so, you know, Peter, like like we said, he busts his ankle, and they start hiking because what else are they going to do? Yeah, so they, they kind of split up because uh, Brian and his wife, or girlfriend, or whatever she is, they're gonna go look ahead because Peter's ankle is so bad. So he stays back with Anne, and then you kind of get like a weird romantic scene with them, and uh, that's kind of intercut with Brian and his lady exploring. And then you get this thing of they find like a conquistador helmet, yep, and the conquistadors, like the dead, like their graves, they rise up. So He's this like, is where you get this the super looks like it's been here for. 400 years yeah so you get the supernatural element here of 
Well, obviously this isn't a viral thing because these bodies that have been buried for 400 years are now rising from the earth to attack our heroes. Yep. So you do get like the supernatural just, it's a death curse. Yep. Yep, death curse. So what do you think of these conquistador it, zombies? This, this they're, is, they're a little more gnarly. Yeah, this is another one of my standout scenes here. The worm uh, zombie. The, yeah, the cemetery of Spanish Spanish soldiers here. And the zombies start coming out of the ground. Uh, this is really great stuff. Um, this is sadly uh, the place where Susan, our um, scuba diver, meets her death. Uh, I think it's one of the best neck bites in ooh, a movie. It's brutal, man. It looks so good, and like the, like the spray of blood. Yeah, like that's kind of what you think would happen because you know when the heart beats and it's just psh, yeah. Psh, There's a couple oh, so cool shots in this movie, like like that aren't as good, but but come close to Day of the Dead-style greatness. Like, that rip in the neck, and then later there's, like, a bite out of the arm. I think we are in agreement that Day of the Dead is the greatest zombie makeup film ever made. Yes, we are. Yeah. It's the greatest gore effects yeah. ever committed to screen. Can't be beaten, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. Just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, so, I mean, the zombie comes at her, we get a quick cut, and then we get to him... Just taking a chunk out of her neck. Just like in the middle of the neck. Not the side, but just like... Yeah. And just the blood starts oh, flowing. It looks so good. It does. The, <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. And poor Susan is done. But, I mean, such such is life. In and they film. just kind of move on. I mean, they acknowledge yeah. that like, oh no, she's dead. But... Yeah. And you get these like great scenes of, as that's happening, the hands are coming up during yeah. like... Peter and Anne's, like, attempted love scene. <laughs> you know, the hands are coming yeah. up and, like, grabbing onto the hair right. and stuff. And you get this awesome, like, after after this kind of happens, like, um, <laughs> I wrote this down. This is kind of funny. Like, this is how much I care about these characters in this movie. But, like, I couldn't remember Brian's name, so I just wrote down Beardy's girlfriend is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Beardy's girlfriend's dead. That's great. <laughs> but, like, you know, after that, like, uh, Peter like kills that zombie. It's a really cool death too. Like he takes this like um, I don't cross. know cross type thing yeah, it's and a like cross. just cuts the the zombies like yeah, top of his smashes. head off. And it's like this really great gory scene. But like after that happens, like the after they kind of leave the area, like all these zombies just start like coming up out of the ground. Yeah, and and of course the great score plays over it. It's like. That is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, just because, like, I, I, I just, I don't know, man. There's something about the feel of that moment. I just, I felt it. I yeah. was like, this is great right now. And the way they did it looks amazing. Like, all of them just coming out of the ground. Obviously, they all buried them under there. And yeah, and you get coming this, out. the great music. You get the... Yep. The worms in the zombie's yep. eye hole. Which, you know, you, people will come to realize how much Fulci loves just showing, like, Weird shots of like creep of little insects and creatures. Yeah, so we got one earlier in the film too. But yeah, this it's it's a really good scene. I, I like it a lot. Just those zombies rising up out of the ground. So they immediately go to the hospital church. Um, now in between this, we go back to those shots of the city, you know, or like the little town. Yep, and it's all shot the exact same. 
you know, that wide shot you were yep. talking about. But this time it's um, populated with zombies. Yep. You know, they're coming back. Yep. And I thought that those shots were really great. And I love the way that it was kind of a callback to earlier showing the the vast emptiness of the yes. space is now filled with all these dead bodies. Yeah. So, yes, great stuff. Things are going well. Um, they all kind of take shelter in this church slash hospital yeah. thing. Um, Just going into this, man, the next... 15 minutes of this movie, it is some of my favorite zombie action mm-hmm. film stuff ever committed to movie. Yeah. It, like, it's so good. The set pieces here, like, this is kind of what you think about when you think of zombie movies, sure. man. They barricade themselves in. Yep. You know, they're looking for ammo, scrounging to make, like, these Molotov cocktails. Yes. Yep. And, you know, everything's going to shit. All these people are coming back to life, you know, and... You, you think you got a handle on stuff and a plan, but then a zombie comes up and bites your doctor in the yeah, you know, face? Stuff just starts happening. You know, doctor goes down. You know, obviously then they have to kill him because he, you know. And one of the nurses. One of the nurses. Um, the the guy, this Caribbean acting man yeah. who I talked about earlier is the one that talks about Yeah, he's, he's like the main islander, and he also has like a line that's kind of a callback to Dawn of the Dead about, yeah, yeah my father said that, uh, you know, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. He says a little bit different, but it's right. basically the same, same thing. thing. Right, and and he gets the other wound I was talking about a little bit ago, he gets bit in yeah. the arm, and it's like just this nasty, like, latex gelatin. Yeah, it looks so good. Taken- Right from the arm, it's kind of magnificent. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, yeah, so all this is kind of happening. Like you said, the, the Molotov cocktails are being made. And then that great music just kicks in again. And it's time to take down zombies. Yeah, what do you think about like them? You know, our leads are just kind of like barricaded behind like this this structure they made, like a trench. Yeah. And they're throwing these Molotovs and this burning the shit out of the Yeah, you get some too, good man. burn stunts like, and everywhere. there's fire all over, man. Yeah, it looks so good. And you get some good like shotgun explosions to the head. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great, some great gore effects. Like Yeah. It it it's it's everything great. with the music and everything that's going on, it's just like Yes, mm-hmm. this is this is some great, great a zombie action stuff. Yep. So um, during this time, like this stuff kind of happens. This great scene. A um, few minutes later, um, Brian's girlfriend Susan, mm-hmm. she's back. She comes back alive and bites Brian. Yeah, they do this thing in most zombie movies. I, I would say that Night of the Living Dead probably did it mm-hmm. first with Johnny yep. coming back, and you know Barbara's like. Oh, it's Johnny, and yep. then he, you know, attacks her. My my biggest issue with these things, and, and I love zombie films, and like you're talking to someone who very much is open to suspending my disbelief. As I'm just, you know, you know me, I'm very good at that. Uh-huh. But I will say it does make me wonder time to time on how these things, re- like you see someone die, and a lot of times they'll just all of a sudden come back to life. But why do some of them take much longer to come back to life? You know, (laughs) this movie does a good job of being supernatural enough that it kind of makes you forget. That's true. Like, the action scenes are so good. Yeah. Now, the next movie is completely bug nuts fucking sane. Right. When it comes to that. This this is true. (laughs) I just thought... Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Like... (laughs) 
But I, yeah, under that, like, why did the conquistadors take 400 right. years sure. to come back? <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of playing on that, like, Romero-ish, you know, like, oh, yeah. my loved one right. is now undead. Yeah. How do I react to this? But they kind of nip it in the bud real quick. Like, she That's attacks true. him, yeah. but then yeah. he he's just like, kill her. Yeah, Peter Get that her. bitch out of here. Yeah, Peter just shoots her right in the head. And again, just to <laughs> clarify, this is, like does not hurt my experience of the film. I just think it's funny from time to time. Yeah. The inconsistencies <laughs> there. But I, and I love the end, you know, because right after this, they get on the boat and... They don't fix the boat. The boat is attacked by the bull shark or whatever from earlier yeah. on, mm-hmm. which is really nonsensical. <laughs> a, a shark that size wouldn't do that it to a boat. Just takes that boat down. Yeah. But anyway, so they're on this busted boat trying to get to yeah. a different island. Um, so it's Anne, Peter, and Brian. Yeah. Brian's messed up because he got zombie yeah, bit. Brian's done, man. Um, he, and he's like, hey, I don't want to come back. You know, you got to kill me or yep. whatever. Mm-hmm. So you get this wonderful ending where they kind of lock him in a room in the yacht. And they turn on the radio because they're like, we're going to get back. And we have to bring him back yep. regardless of what happens because we have to prove it. And they turn on the radio and the radio is just like, New York is messed up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. It's all messed up. Yep. Everything's dead. Yep. It, so it's been taken over. You get this, like, sense of, like, dread of, yep. like, oh, man, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to prove anything. And then they do this great job of cutting to the door that they locked him into. And you just hear the... Yep. <laughs> him beating on the door. Yep. And it's like, it doesn't matter what these characters do. Like, their journey's done. Yeah. They're done it's over and you get this great cut to the brooklyn bridge it's either the brooklyn bridge the manhattan bridge i don't know because i'm not yeah we don't live with the area yeah we don't live in new york but I don't it know. is a bridge in new york and you get this wonderful <laughs> one of the best shots ever for this type of movie these zombies are just walking into new york city yep through this bridge and it's so good what do you what do you think of this shot man i just wrote down killer final shot man mm-hmm. yeah it's it's fantastic and it's a great way to end the movie. Uh, I have nothing bad to say about it. One of the best shots in the zombie yeah, movie. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. So overall, they, I think we're in agreement that this movie's like, yeah, this one of the better genre. It films. is. This is one of my favorite zombie movies. Probably my second favorite after Dawn of the Dead because that's my favorite. Um, Day of the Dead is up there with this uh-huh. one. Um, but I just I the Fulci factor is is a big thing for me just because. I had, and it still stands, no one has makes films like him when he was in his prime. Yeah. It's his, it's, it's its own thing. He has I a greatly respect sense. that, for sure. Uh, yeah. Great movie. I, I love it. I, I think I, I have more reverence for the Romero zombie films. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this movie, if you're just looking for just fun zombie action, this is the movie you need to watch. Yeah, for sure. And, uh. I'm glad we got to talk about this one. Yeah, me too. Well, oh, let's just quickly talk. Uh, what do you think of that 4K scan? Yeah. So they redid this over the fall, right? Yeah. So this um, this Blu-ray just recently came out from Blue Underground. Now, for anyone confused out there, Blue Underground has put a Blu-ray of this about before. But this is a new 4K scan. And in my opinion, I've seen both transfers because I had the old Blu-ray. This is a upgrade. I'll yeah, it's a it force. A 4K scan of the film, and this this print of the movie traveled the country yep. 
during, I believe, like November, December. Mm-hmm. It was all over the place. Yep. Um, I say all over in the big markets. Yep. We didn't get it here, unfortunately. Sure. But man, the even watching it at home on your 4K TV, like the scan of this movie is really good. It's pretty impressive, and uh, I will say that uh, it comes with some extra goodies as well. Yeah, the features package is pretty. There's decent. a lot of features. I I didn't get to watch them most of them. I saw a couple. Yeah, I watched um, a few. Uh, and I, there's a new audio commentary that I didn't get to listen to yet, but, so there's a couple audio commentaries on it. It also comes with a booklet, um, a Stephen Thrower wrote the booklet in there, which, by the way, if you're a Fulci fan, Stephen Thrower wrote basically the book on Fulci, um, called Terror, I'm gonna get it wrong, I'm not gonna try to say it right now. Anyway, it's a great book if you're into Fulci, so, anyway... A uh, nice little booklet, and also the CD, the the soundtrack comes with the the Blu-ray as well. So, if you're a fan of this movie, I would highly recommend get this version. You're gonna pay a little bit; it's like thirty bucks, but I think it's well worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely awesome. If you like the movie, go get it. All right. So we've <clears throat> we've we've talked a lot of praise here on this episode. Now you want to take a big old shit? I think things are going to take a little bit of a turn. Um, I'm sorry we're going to end the podcast this way. I don't know how much we're going to have to say on this movie. We're going to talk about it, obviously. But um, I think we're in agreement that things go a little downhill for Zombie 3. This is not an exciting film. Zombie 3, 1988. It's uh, Fulci and... Also co-directed by a man named Bruno uh, Mattei. Bruno Mattei, yes. He famously did Violence in Women's in a Woman's Prison and Women's Prison Massacre. Those yes. are probably his most famous films. Yeah. And I believe those movies have Blu-ray releases on um, yes. one of the uh, either, either, boutique labels. Yes. Probably either, you know... I'm yeah, I know I've seen him in the store before. Severin or Blue Underground or something like that. So this movie is a sequel to Zombie 2, which mm-hmm. we just talked about. It has nothing to do with that film, even though Fulci came back. It, he made a 70-minute version of this movie, and it was all his stuff, his film. Uh, it's not his screenplay. Uh, the screenplay is notoriously bad. He's even said so himself. Sure. And he turned this into the studio. I think he got sick. Or he, he had a stroke or he something. He got sick. And yes. he couldn't really finish the movie. Yeah. Um, but he did turn in a final cut. And the producers were unhappy with it. They didn't think there was enough action. So they handed the reins to this Bruno Mattei guy. And they cut 20 minutes out of Fulci's release. And Matei put 40 minutes of his own footage in there. So you got a nice split of 50 minutes Fulci, 40 minutes Matei. But I'll be honest, I don't think it matters. It all looks like garbage to me. Yeah. So a little back, just this is a very small background because I don't have a whole lot to say on the background here. But this was made in between 1987, 1988. The in, the Italian film industry was in a dire situation uh-huh. at this point. Things were not going well, so they're like, "What can what can get us back on track? What can make us some money?" They went to Fulci. They're like, "Hey, you know what? You never made a zombie sequel, so 
how about you make a sequel to Zombie and help try to get our industry back on track? That ain't it. Well, Fulci was like, okay, I'll do this. I don't really want to, but I will. Because Fulci never really wanted to make a sequel. But he was like one of the only Italian filmmakers of like their heyday that was still standing, right? So and still had Argento making stuff. Right, Didn't opera come out. Opera came this out time? in the early '80s as well. Yes, and so what happens though while this was going on is like Fulci had been sick. Like you said, he had a stroke. He was not in good condition, and the industry knew that, but still wanted him to do this. Um, at the same time, he had a lot of people rooting for him because Fulci got a you know a pretty good group of people that that liked his work by this time, right? Yeah. Um, sadly, it didn't work out. <laughs> um, it didn't work out at all, and I feel bad about that. One thing we need to remember about Fulci is, I believe after the movie Manhattan Baby, uh, him and his scriptwriter mm-hmm. parted ways. They became. Uh, a hostile work environment. Um, they kind of Fulci is notorious for being known not to easy to not very easy to work with. Had a lot of different issues with with actors and people he worked with overall. So he was not the easiest guy to work with. So when when this scriptwriter left, and I'm sorry I don't have his name right offhand. I apologize <clears throat> for that. But Fulci's work kind of started taking a turn. Now there are still some good movies made after this point, like. Devil's Honey, I will hear for all day, every day of the week. But um, mix that with him, his body failing, I think it was a bad mixture. I think that's weird because I don't think his stories no, that, that's are a good. good. Yes, no, that's a fair point. That like, his stories I, are never, you know. Even The Beyond, which I think is like sure. a surreal masterpiece. Like, I think that movie's up there with yeah. like you know, the best of, like, the H.P. Lovecraft-type movies, like, that movie's got a bad sure. story. And it's I, the set pieces. I think what, when I talk about, or when I've heard people talk about this fallout, I think from what people say is, this guy kind of had, was able to have a relationship with him where he would leash him some. So, like, they had kind of a combined working mm-hmm. thing. Now, obviously, Fulci is the master behind... What's, what's being shot with the yeah. camera and the scenes. But from what I understand, this guy really reeled him in at times. Well, that make I mean, that makes sense. It, uh, man, this film... So, yeah, after that all being said, and I do agree with you... Is there even a synopsis on this movie that makes sense? Let's, let's find that. And, and again, like I said, I do agree with you on the script stuff. Like, that's not the biggest thing for Fulci. You watch his films for the set pieces, right. which... For me, that makes, like, some of the Gates of Hell movies drag because, you know, um, House by the Cemetery doesn't have the set pieces that Mm. the other films have, so it doesn't move as fast as those, and the story isn't strong, so really, it's like you're watching an hour and ten minutes of, eh, this is okay, just to get, like, 15 minutes of, like, okay, this is good. Sure. And and I think, like I said, I, I, I just, and I'm, you know. I don't know this for certain. I'm just guessing that that's what people mean is like he was just able to have some sort of a, I don't want to call it a hold, but but he helped him out. But, you know, set pieces are written too. Right. You know, those are things that are, you know, done at a creative level before you execute them. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, Here we do have a rather long synopsis on Letterboxd for this movie. 
Uh, here we go. When a terrorist's body infected with a stolen chemical is recovered by the U.S. military, the corpse is cremated, unintentionally releasing the virus bacteria into the atmosphere over a small island. Soon the infected populace mutate into flesh-hungry zombies, and a trio of soldiers on leave must team up with a group of terrorists and board themselves up in an abandoned hotel as they try to fend off the agile and aggressive living dead. Now, I would guess this synopsis is longer than zombie because, well, there's a lot of stupidity going on and people don't really know the best way to go about the plot there's, synopsis. Yeah, no way to talk about this movie <laughs> other than shitting on it. Um, yeah. So, the movie is different than Zombie 1, or Zombie 2, you know, right. Zombie. Um, in that Death 1 is the cause of all this, it is a viral outbreak film. Um, this movie, to me, played as if somebody, like, this felt like a student film of somebody that, like, enjoyed the Resident Evil games. That's fair. There is nothing exciting or interesting about this movie to me whatsoever. Uh, the I have lame open. That head looked bad. So you get these doctors injecting death one into a corpse, and it comes to life. And it a lot of the effects in this movie look like trauma movie shit. Sure, like it's just a lot of green and like weird pussy stuff that. It, it looks really disconnected from the body, so it doesn't actually... Like, it looks like somebody covered in goo. It doesn't actually look like violence that's happening from, like, within or any of the rips. Like, none of them look real yeah, to it's, me. it's got this... I called it... I don't know what the exact color of green is. I just like you. I called it an oozy green. It's an oozy green color palette. And it, it fits with the, with the movie because it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's like House of the Dead. I don't know if you ever played that game, but the zombies bleed green. Yeah. Uh, so, one of my first notes, and this is really bad because it's never settled. There is no sense of location. Where does this movie take place? What is going on? Yeah, uh, a letterbox. Do you know where the movie is? No, letterbox told us the most. On some island. Yeah. So, it's some island. We assume it's American because the dudes are white. And 80 minutes into the movie, you see an American flag in a classroom. So, I guess we assume it's America. But everybody is Filipino. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. Um, it's strange. <laughs> so, oh my god. Here's a... I don't know if you noticed this. <laughs> So, right after this happens, and they're talking about what to do with the body, the doctor, which this guy, the main doctor, yeah, I feel like he watched Nick Cage in Moonstruck, and he was like, that is acting. And he just went for it, man. Yeah. Like, he is out of his freaking mind. It is like a Nick Cage-type performance at its worst. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this about the movie. This is a bad movie. I don't know if we agree on this or not. I was highly entertained, though. I laughed a lot. Like, I watched this, and I, I was like, you know, this is badly directed. Like, there's no doubt about that. This is like Ed Wood sure. level of bad. But, like, I can't say that I didn't... I wasn't entertained. So Like, not even, like... I'm not even saying, like... Like, one of those movies that's like, oh, it's just funny to laugh at. I was entertained. 
It, it's dumb. No, I don't like enjoying movies ironically. Right. Is that what you're talking about? Right, like, right. oh, mm-hmm. it's so bad, it's good. It's good. Right. Yeah, yeah I don't I, like that I, shit. I wouldn't call this a good movie. I'm just saying I was entertained. Yeah. I'm just leaving it at that. I, I did laugh some, but I was very frustrated because going into this movie, I was like, well, I know it's not going to be very good, but, like, let's see if there's something but, but here. But like like myself, I had hopes that we would see some cool stuff here. It wasn't there. There's not much there, to be honest. So the doctor, when yelling at this military guy, and they try to play with themes that some of these movies do of, like, Science against military. Right. I wrote that um, down. There's a lot about um, polluting our Yeah, our a world. very eco-friendly movie, right. but it never really delves on anything no, none of it to sticks. make it important. I mean, they, they try to go through that angle most of the film, but yeah, it, it doesn't really add up to anything. I have... So this doctor says something about it being a bacteriological weapon. Yeah. What is that word? Bacteriological. Logical. Bacteriological. <laughs> it's logical that it's bacterial. I mean, that's what you gotta know. Oh my god. Uh, I After that, I have acting is the worst. My next note is Ed Wood level screenplay. And then bird flu dot 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 yeah. through burnt ash. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. What makes the virus happen mm-hmm. is they take a body yeah. they that's infected, the terrorist. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into how, like, this builds... I mean, this guy comes yeah, out back to the future style out of a white van and yeah. steals it we like get, he's getting the plutonium? Yeah, like you said at the beginning of the film, we get this test subject, right? They put this serum into him. Death one. We see, yeah, the death one serum. We see him have this not great transformation. Um, We see green ooze coming out of him, all this stuff. Yeah. After that, we, we, we go to this, this scene that's very head scratching where you have this, this, this group in like white lab coats. Am I right? Or like jumpsuits or something. It's kind of like, kind of reminiscent of uh, George Romero's The Crazies. Right, right. Uh, They, they, they jump out and they attack Someone who had this briefcase, am I right there? Um, yeah, they, they're they transporting Death One, right. and they're saying it can't survive in oxygen. Yeah. I, that, I think that literally is a line, it can't survive against oxygen. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, <clears throat> they steal this. It breaks on the guy as yeah. he's stealing it. Something that's funny. I noticed, and it changes. It this is this is something that um, is very inconsistent throughout the movie. But after these guys try to steal it, you know, the government comes in and starts trying to mow them down and shoot them down. Right. <laughs> What's funny is these guns. Like you hear, you hear sounds, but you don't see bullets. It's uh-huh. like they're you. <laughs> it's like toy guns with no bullets, and you, yeah, you hear the sound. But I found that very funny. Later in the movie, we do get some bullets. <laughs> but it's very inconsistent in the sound design and how the guns are used. You're you're right about this. If you are going for realism, though, technically, there wouldn't be muzzle flash during the daytime. Sure, that's true too. That's <laughs> so, fair. So, but I I mean I think like Michael Mann's the only one who actually does stuff right. like that, and that is probably very petty of me. It's just I don't notice stuff like that very often. I'm not a gun person, but like you know, obviously I I've watched a lot of film, uh-huh. but like 
that is something that it just, stuck out it, to you. It I noticed it because like that's something you don't see very often at a, for a movie that you're hoping is competent. Uh huh. Basically, but yeah, so that happens. You get this. There's there's actually one good shot in there, like this tracking shot of the dude running through the forest and the helicopter is chasing him, shooting at him. There's one decent shot in there, but <laughs> one decent shot does not make a film. No. But, um, yeah, they shoot uh, his briefcase that he's holding and uh, some steam or yeah, get, something starts coming out of the briefcase. Hand. Right. And uh, his hand starts turning green. So he goes to a motel and rents a room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he goes to this place. Uh, I need a room. They tell him... This this was one of my favorite scenes right here. He goes to the hotel, oh asks for a room. They said there is no room. He just takes out some money. And he's like, um, I have money. Is there a room now? Yes, we have a room It didn't now. even <laughs> seem like a large amount of money. It seemed like... <laughs> the amount of money you'd pull out if you're paying for a hotel right. room. Right, yeah. Just some 20s, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the guy was just like, yeah, we have a room. Like, yep. okay. Yeah. So so bad. The, the dude ended up, he, he gets a room. I, I can't even tell, I don't know what his name is. He's just, it doesn't I'll matter. be honest, like, every character in here, I wrote, like, just, just guy, girl, dude. <laughs> I didn't take any names down, man. So, like, because I didn't know... I did not know who the lead characters were going to be until like 45 minutes into the movie. Sure. Uh, yeah, so this guy get, gets gets a hotel room. We have a, I think it's a Filipino uh, who comes as a waiter, comes yeah. up to him and gives him water because he keeps asking for water. By the way, not to be like, this isn't born out of like a, like a racist, ignorant thing mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's... I literally did not know that we were in the Philippines until the end credits where it said Philippine crew. Right. So, like, I had no... They do not say at any point in this movie if this is, like, a military base on a different island. It doesn't say, you know, like, this is the Philippines in a joint effort with America or Italy or wherever. It does not say ever... What is going on, or who's in charge? Yeah, of this army. Yep, ever. That's that's one hundred percent true. And yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> so this guy comes up and gives him water. Um, this this guy obviously having some issues. One of the only I thought decent, like gruesome parts is like he ends up cutting off his own hand. And, yeah, like, that looked okay. Blood and green pit. Piss. Blood and green pus. I mean, you come can out say of it. Piss. Green piss as it's well. Fine. Um, uh, later, like a little bit after that, like the waiter like has his water and like he runs into a wait like or or another yeah. lady that's working at the hotel. The glass breaks. He gets cut by the glass that has his germs on it. Right. So obviously, this waiter is going to turn into a zombie. Not that it matters. It doesn't matter. None of this matters much. I don't even you know whatever. <laughs> gonna run through some of this um the government finds out about this um that something is happening here obviously their their uh precious uh um death death one one has been stolen um they say hey you know what uh we need to raid that hotel uh you need to find this guy that has stolen yeah it's like they have to kill everyone associated with death one yeah they 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 command that the the hotel be blown up and kill everyone right well 
when the hotel is blown up to some sorts, we find out, like you said earlier, flames and smoke pollute the air. Well, uh, they burn the body. That's a problem. They have a conversation okay. with the scientists because they bring back yes. the terrorist zombie body. That's right. And the the guy's like, we're just going to burn it. And the scientists are like, no, the ashes will get in the air and we don't know what that will do. Which that doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure like during like during the plague and shit like that, they like, were burning bodies right. because like that's the only way to get rid of it. Yeah. So it's like... I don't know how burning the body... I know what they're going for. They're trying to make it like Return of the Living Dead, you know, where the shit gets through the air because of the toxic, you know, tanks. Right. But it didn't make any sense. No, and we get this shot of like all these little birds just going through the... Yeah, so the birds go through... Basically, we have Hitchcock's The Birds Meet Zombie. Right, and it, you know, kind of, I guess, maybe Resident Evil borrowed zombie birds from this movie. Who knows? <laughs> sure. But there are, like, crows who are infected in yep. the Resident Evil series. Now, this, this leads me to one of my favorite parts in the film. I call this uh, the Jukebox Boys. So we get these three dudes uh-huh. that are in the military. They're driving along, and they've just got this jukebox in their Jeep, and they're just jamming out to some pop music. They come up to a bus with um, some ladies in it, um, and the ladies call them the three little soldier boys. Yeah. To have some fun. One of them attempts to show some breasts, but I don't think it ever Yeah, there's shown. no nudity in there's this no movie. There's no nudity in this movie. Not um, very, not very exploitive, especially yep. from a man that made two films about women's prisons. This is true. I'm going to keep on going here. If you want to stop me at any moment, please okay. do. Sure, I'll um, interject. Okay. After this, um, we kind of get introduced to this DJ character. Yeah. Who is kind of basically exp- Trying to do his best to explain things to us because the movie doesn't do that. I will say, for this movie being as old as, as it is, the DJ character does present some eco-friendly ideas. Yes, so I wrote on this, uh, ethological mumbo-jumbo flow. Yeah. Um, that's just me um, being ridiculous. Um, but yeah, him trying to lay out uh, what the movie is trying to get out, I guess. That's uh-huh. Um, so after this happens, then I just wrote down dead birds, exclamation Yeah. They just invade this bus with the ladies in it. Uh Uh-huh. Um, the birds, uh, decide to pluck, uh, I think there's a guy driving. Somebody gets plucked in there. Also a lady gets plucked. The girl gets plucked. That's the main thing. By the way, these effects look awful. They are literal, like, toy birds on wires. Sure. Yeah. So birds attack, um... The girl um, gets, like you said, she gets ripped. She gets attacked. Um, From this point, um, (laughs) I don't know what I wrote down here. I wrote down, girl looks for water and gets a green zombie dream. Oh, okay. So the girl is, their radiator's burnt out. Okay, so here we go. So remember from the first movie, I said yeah. we get a callback. This is a callback from Zombie. Yeah, they're a, they're in a different type of vehicle. They're like a jeep now, but um, there uh, <laughs> there's a moment where this jeep breaks down, and of course it is the radiator. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> so <clears throat> we might be talking about two different scenes. Yeah, it's there's possible. two. Okay, there's one scene where like the main girl and her bitten boyfriend go to a gas station. That's abandoned. Yes, we are. This is what we're talking about. Yes. So 
they're going for gas. Okay, so this is before the Jeep scene. I'm sorry. This is before the Jeep. Uh, uh, and she goes into a... Oh, no. Okay, he's pecked by birds. And yeah. she's looking for help. They go into a, like, and a like filling station. Red convertible. But it's car. like abandoned. It, yeah. it looks like a weird empty warehouse. Yep. Yeah. And they're like, there's one zombie that's chained up, which doesn't make sense. Like, how long has he been there? Why is he like that? Right. And she gets attacked by a machete zombie. Yeah, I wrote that and down. It looks really bad. Crazy like, zombie with a blade attacks her. It it looks like like a Japanese kung it's fu sh- movie. The the like the choreography. The rate is sped up on the film. Uh-huh. This is, okay, so real quick, um, nothing in this movie to me, and I've seen later Fulci films, Uh huh. none of this to me even look like a Fulci film. No. I was personally um, confused because I understand like he, you know, Did shot you know a good part of this. Did you know 15 minutes of it was his footage? That's crazy. And like, Could you tell the difference? I, I couldn't. I, none of this to me looked like a Lucio Fulci film. No. And it's like all this fast pace. That's not what he does in his genre films. Like, and even a sped up pace. And there's like, a lot of like Asian influence. There is, yeah. A lot of like scenes of zombies mm-hmm. in rafters and you get this like sure. overhead shot of jump them down. jumping yeah. into frame. Right. Uh, it's very kung fu movie-ish. Yeah. So this, this freaking hated it. This scene was in very, <laughs> this was a crazy scene. This zombie just like you said attacks her with a blade he start they come out into like they were in the back yeah they come out into the open where the gas tanks are um he starts swinging the blade at her he misses her hits a gas tank and blows up the whole gas station yeah me and melanie when watching this movie like right after that scene she's just like what is the point of this scene? <laughs> like, I don't know. I guess to they had a thing to explode. Yeah. Like, is it, it is literally there for the set piece of a gas station exploding. Yep, that's true. It serves no purpose. Right, yep. They're not even looking for anything that makes sense. She just stops there. And the lighting doesn't make sense because she walks into this barn area and it just turns green for no reason. There's no, like, ooze or anything like that to make it green. Yeah. Did you notice that? I noticed that a few different times it, in the movie. It's just, it turns green. It just starts turning green, and right? And here's the thing. I can accept that in, like, certain films, like Baba. He does sure. that a lot to where, like, the colors really don't make sense. But right. it it doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it is what it is. In this it literally, she takes a few steps and it changes yeah. into a green light, which to me, that is like, that informs me as an audience member that a thing happened to make it that way. And why, there's nothing shown. Why is it green? <coughs> yeah. Then um, we've understood that the go- the zombie bleeds green, yeah. at least some. But yes, why why is the environment yeah. green? It doesn't make and sense. It's, it's a fair point. So then we cut back to the military guys, and this is one of my favorite lines of the movie. Uh, The guy yelling at the military guy says, you should have told us the danger of death one. Yeah. (laughs) The danger of death one. Sure. You're working on a virus, like a bioweapon, that's named death one. (laughs) You watched from the very beginning of the movie, you injected a dude, and he came back as a green pus guy. Yeah. You should have told us the dangers of death one. What the fuck? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Bad news, man. 
So yeah, this this is bad. Um, next, uh, we get uh, this resort, the Sweet River Resort, which is obviously from earlier in the film. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have a problem with this too. Okay, this is good. Uh, the soldier boys, um, they get to the, everyone gets to the resort that's that's left alive. So uh-huh. the, the people from the bus kind of join forces with the three soldier guys. Um, they get to this resort. Out of nowhere, they find a crate of guns at the resort. Uh huh. Um, this is the part where we talked about earlier, where the jeep shuts down. This is the only. This is like I. I was like, yes, another busted radiator. Good callback to zombie. <laughs> uh-huh. Then uh, we find out after that that uh, the waiter um, that we talked about earlier, who got his hand cut up, um, the waiter zombie lives. Obviously, um, I wrote down uh, nasty toenails. It it has a shot. Yeah, of his he has feet. claws. <laughs> okay, I want to cut to a couple things. Okay, the motel is overgrown. There are plants growing everywhere. Right. So let's get into basic storytelling conventions. We don't know how long we've been away. That yes, that that is a great question, Nolan. Uh-huh. How much time has passed? Sure. Because I, yeah. it is presented as if all this is happening concurrently. It is presented that because our um, scientists and military are have told us how important it is that they get this back. So. Right? Yes, and we're shown the virus in the air, and the birds get it, and then the birds attack people. Mm -hmm. This is all, like, within the same day. So this motel is overgrown to the point of it had to have been abandoned for, like, two years, at least. Right. Yeah. And that's being generous. Yeah. It's completely overgrown with plant life. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I do have a note about an actor. Okay. Okay. So, do you remember, like, the brown brownish blonde haired soldier guy the handsome one yep so that is Ottavino del aqua um okay. he is the worm zombie from the first film oh he's sweet. a stuntman okay so we have two nice callbacks here yeah very good so he is like the lead zombie from the first <laughs> zombie <laughs> that's awesome. like it's his face that's on the cover of most t-shirts and dvds yeah. okay very good all right well um back to the so-called story here. Um, <laughs> the waiter zombie, um, he pushes one... I didn't, I didn't even write down the ladies, the guy's name. None of them. So None I'm of them matters. He pushes one of the ladies into some water. Um, she goes down in there. I, I believe the dude that you were just talking about. Oh, this is the radiator thing that happens. Yeah, the radiator break... Yeah, the Jeep is broken down. Yeah, and this is a different guy because this okay, guy this bites a different guy. Yes. So she gets pushed into the water. She's only down there very short period of time Uh uh-huh he goes dives into the water to save her he gets her as they come up like to the steps Uh uh-huh her bottom half is gone and she's instantly a zombie yep she's instantly a zombie she doesn't have legs and she starts attacking him her friend that was pecked like many hours earlier is still not a zombie yep that's right so from this this is (laughs) again not saying this is a great sequence, but this was my favorite probably sequence of the film just because it's ridiculous. Um, Where this... are they? Is it a monastery? Because they're dressed like monks. It's true. I don't know. I can't answer that question. All right. <laughs> so after this, there's a stair sequence with a horde of zombies that just appear out of nowhere. The guy is trying to get away. He's going up all these stairs. Um, I just wrote, as I talked about earlier, the use of guns is hilarious. Um... So you just get this weird action scene with this this guy just 
running up a flight of stairs, like all these different stairs. Zombies just keep appearing out of nowhere and trying to kill him. Uh, whatever. Um, next, after this happens, um, we get a, a scene, which this is probably a scene I'm sure many genre people talk about. It's, it's very bad. But there is a couple that go into a kitchen. Oh, yes. And they see a, there's a fridge in there. The fridge is opened up, and there's a zombie head inside of it. And that zombie head opens its eyes, and it flies towards them. Yeah, so, I don't know if you've seen or read or whatever. Fulci actually says he is proud of this sequence. Well, that sucks, because it's not good. It is not good. It is a zombie puppet head on wires that are very visible. Yeah. And... It, it doesn't make sense. I'm not trying to... It, it's just... It, it's laughable. It's outrageous. Like, how is it happening? Right. How does it propel itself through the air? Why is it <laughs> flying? It sustains flight yep. in the air. It's just a, a head. Yeah. Before this, there's a line... Because we're getting intercuts, warrior style, right. from the DJ. Yep. And while they're traveling before they get to the kitchen, there's this wonderful line that I really thought was funny mm-hmm. because they're the guy's talking about the the nature of the outbreak. Yep. I don't know if you remember this, but he goes, There are murders and rape. Yep. And rape. Are the zombies raping? Here's the thing. They might be. Because we come to find out later that they can talk. Uh, yeah, which also makes me think that they're just trying to ape Return of the Living <laughs> Dead. And they don't show before this until, like, 50 minutes into the movie that the zombies are able to... They have memories and they can speak. Yeah. So they're really just infected, crazed people at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... It doesn't make sense. It it doesn't at all. Um, From this this moment, uh, after the fridge moment, we get a couple... uh, Some dudes um, fight in the red car from earlier. Uh Uh-huh. Also... The guy from the stair sequence. He made it out alive from that sequence. Yeah. But the zombies, he gets attacked again. Oh, you're talking time. about the bridge sequence. Yes. Um, so the zombies attack the same guy. This time he doesn't get away. Uh-huh. Um, he doesn't But the girl does. She jumps off a bridge. She does. And this is the moment where we find out the zombies talk and call out her name, which is Nancy. So there is a character name for you all. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so she makes it back to the other soldiers and yeah. the girls that were in the bus, and you get this siege moment, but it doesn't last very long, and it's not really cool yep. at all. In fact, most of it is zombie kung fu. I have this written down. The yep. zombies don't, like, when they get a hold of somebody, they don't bite them. There's not gore or anything like that. Yep. They punch people, so... It's very evil deadish in like the way deadites like yeah, attack and people. The same way they kind of move, like this jumping. Kind yeah, of, a lot of jumping yeah. and a lot of punching. Right, and it doesn't make sense for a zombie movie. Yep. Uh, yes. So we get this after after they call out Nancy's name. Nancy gets away. Uh, the the zombie kind of runs at her. Misses. This was a funny moment for me. Um, right <laughs> as Nancy's getting away, a zombie runs at her. Uh huh. In and, and aims for her. He misses her, and he flies out of a window. Oh, that's the girl zombie. That's the girl who got pecked at the beginning. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's really funny because they yeah. no sell that. 
So she drops right in front of the soldiers, but right when she drops, that other girl comes from the bus, yep. and she's like, I'm alive, I saw your army friend, and he died, but I'm here. Yes. So they're just paying attention to her, they're completely like nonchalant about the girl that was just alive, that they knew, yep. falling to death at their feet. Yep. Like, she's they done. didn't care. They cared about her so much a few minutes earlier, because they were like really upset about everything that happened and now it's it's fine so after this we get a, a zombie horde that is coming towards the resort yeah you get a siege scene we get a siege scene we get flamethrowers yeah out of nowhere uh, flamethrowers are used uh there's a zombie that gets its head exploded by a shotgun why were all these weapons at the hotel who knows man this resort was well prepared for the apocalypse I guess. Obviously. I mean, I assumed it was the military guys left it behind, but why? Yeah. So and how long ago? Right. This 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 siege scene happens. Um a a lot there are members that have that get killed in this, so now we have like a smaller group of survivors. Yeah, there's a it. dude who looks like a mix between Dolph Lundgren and Harry Potter. <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about? I do. That guy bites it. Yep. <laughs> That's a weird looking dude. Yep. So a few of these, a few of these survivors make it out. Um, they find canoes, and they head head on this river, and they leave on this this river of sorts on these canoes. Um, while this is going on, we get a cut back to the scientists and the military. Um, you know, still arguing, discussing things. They. <laughs> There's a scene of where they're talking science, and it's just a bunch of guys in a room. And there's a board, and they're trying to come up with an antidote, and it's just them doing, like, basic math. Right, basic math. Um, I was like, oh, <laughs> could this work? I just put down, scientists claim they <laughs> have found an antidote. It, it, it reminded me of, you know the scene in Wet Hot American Summer, where they're trying to build the thing to make the satellite go the, di like, different direction? Yep. That's what it reminded me of. That's like, they good. were just making... Only this movie's serious. It's not making fun of anything. Like, they think this is real good shit. Sure. Uh, I wrote down in... Uh, I, I also wrote down an LOL for this classic scientist versus military. Uh-huh. Um, decontamination squads are sent out. Um, so this, again, we get more of our um, uh, mask-wearing, jumpsuit-wearing military. <laughs> While this is happening, we cut back to the DJ. He's back. Uh, he comes on screen every time the film needs something explained. That's what yeah. I wrote down. Um, <laughs> the next thing I have is there is a scene. Um, this man, uh, it, this leads to his death. But this guy chases a chicken. And I wrote down hilarious. Before that. Okay. So I don't know if it happens before they find the canoes or not. But there is a fight scene on a dock. Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Okay. Okay, so it made me laugh. The music cues here. So it's like a da na na, da na na, da na na And he's like fighting and it's like doom, doom, yep. doom, doom. And he's fighting and you think he's safe because he's at the end of this sure. dock and the music cuts for yep. like three seconds. It's just silence. Yep. And then hands come out from the dock and the music starts again with the dun 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 It just made me laugh because yeah. it's just, it's the exact same musical that, cue that just happened. That right. just happened. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, the same shit, yep. man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Yep. 
yeah, the DJ stuff, it, it kind of brings this idea of, like, he he's talks like, if you see the guys in white, go to them because they, they're good and they're going to mm-hmm. cure you. And they're just shooting everybody. So you really have this chance to have, like, a George Romero-ish, like, cynical right. ending of just, like, mm-hmm. Everything sucks. F you. Yeah. And we don't get that. No, we do not. The movie, I wrote, the movie should have ended here. Like, they should have, before mm-hmm. this guy chased the chicken or whatever, yeah. <laughs> they should have pulled up in their canoes and they should have seen the dudes in white and cut. How funny is it that we get to say a dude chases a chicken in this movie out of nowhere? Yeah. So he <laughs> finds the guys in white and they blow him away. Yeah, the military sees him, like, all of a, you get this moment, he's chasing the chicken. All of a sudden, he looks up. The military's there, and they just they just shoot him up. There's just a lot of bullets. Wouldn't this have been a better ending to just end the movie? End it, yeah. Make it an hour and 15-minute mm-hmm. movie. It's yep. really bad, but at least sure. you have this ending that's like, okay. Yep. Yeah, all right. I yep. see what they're going for. That's right. But no, it goes on for 20 more minutes, We get, we get more time. We're going to run through this. Ex- um, <laughs> after this happens, we get experiments on death. One, our secret, we get this more talk about mil- from the military and scientists arguing with each other about useless nonsense. Um, the next set piece I would uh, go to is we get a lady zombie that is pregnant. I don't think she's a zombie. You don't think she's a zombie, okay. No, because they go to help her, and I think... Here's the thing. I don't even know what's happening. The reason happening. I was asking if she's a zombie, again, we can't really distinguish people that much. It looked like she had boils on her face. but I, I think she was just sweating a Maybe bunch. she was just sweating. That's fair. Um, anyway, it's a weird scene, like a because zombie. She, she doesn't attack anybody, but... She's just laying there. That's a true. A grown zombie arm he, he comes, comes out of yeah, her belly. Comes out so of her I belly. don't know if it's implying that she gave she was going to give birth to a full-size human who's a zombie. Yeah. Or if a zombie was under the table that nobody saw now, and it reached up. Right. Now, I will say... Do you know? I don't know. I will say that it made me laugh. I Did said, you have these thoughts? I... I was, like, perplexed. Like, what did you think happened? I just was kind of sitting there laughing, to be honest. Okay. This movie makes one not think. How about that? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The purpose for this movie is to not think. At this point, I was, like, kind of, like, just dumbstruck by by what was happening Mm -hmm. on screen. You know, a part of me... This gave the film way too much credit, but I was like... Could this have been maybe an inspiration for the remake of Dawn of the Dead, the pregnant lady? But then I was like, no, nah, let's not give it that much credit. No. So <laughs> you just see a full-size zombie arm yeah. come out of the belly in this birthing scene, which I don't even know if it's, like you said, it may not. who knows what's happening there. But all we do know is that Nancy bites it. One of the, the, the characters I've remembered their yeah. name. Um, the zombie takes her head and like rams it against the stomach. I don't know what happens, but she's she's gone. Yeah, the violence is really poorly shot and it's right. real bad. Yep. So from <laughs> from here, uh, we get a scene with um, another character by the name of Kenny. He has a grenade. Um, when we cut back to some more characters trying to hold off the military, because obviously they're all after him now. Uh-huh. Um, Kenny pulls the pin. Throws a grenade, hits none of the military. Oh, you skipped ahead. Um, 
There's a thing I want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so they're in this hospital, and the two military guys are separate from the ladies, and <laughs> the mili- the the guys in white find the two soldier boys. Okay. And they're like, you have to surrender. Put down your weapons, which doesn't make sense because we've already shown earlier in the film that they are shooting anybody for no reason at all, it just if they exist in this place. At this time, yep. right? Yep. They, yep. they just show them shooting people. It's true. So they're like, we won't shoot you if you're put down your guns. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I remember this scene now. So they put down their weapons. And what? And a guy walks towards them, and then they karate him, and nobody shoots anybody. It's a, it's a hilarious action sequence, because their, their main goal is to kill them. Yes. So, like, why would they... Not. Not kill them. Like, I could see them saying, we won't kill you, but then when they put their weapons down, blow to them kill away. Them. You know, that happens. But, like, <laughs> they're like they put their weapons down? They're just like, all right. And, and then they just start... They have a fist fight. <laughs> it's like ten dudes in white that have guns yeah. get fist fighted by these two guys yeah. that don't have guns. Yeah. And the the guys in white, their only job is to shoot these guys. Yeah, they're just supposed to kill them on spot. They don't. What's there isn't even to be honest. There's no reason to have a talking like no. Just point. shoot them. All you're supposed to do is kill them, like you did the chicken guy. Yeah, you just shot him. That's all you had to do with these guys. They had a kung fu scene. They had a kung fu scene. Sorry, it was I'm, terrible. I'm glad you brought that up because that was a funny scene. Yeah. So then we get to your like chase scene thing. Yeah. Um, he pulls. Kenny pulls up the pin of the grenade. He he misses everyone except like this house. Yeah. He bombs a house, the house instead just, of the this, zombies. This, it's like a huge explosion. <laughs> but the zombies <laughs> jump forward. Like, Thank you. That he wasn't trying to throw it at military man. He was trying to throw it at zombies because. We've got two different groups going on here. Yeah. yeah. Two different surviving groups here. So, yeah. <laughs> just blows up a house. But the house explosion makes the zombies jump forward like commando. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. And they get a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. So, the guy and girl get into a helicopter. And then we have, like, our handsome soldier guy. Yep. Who is, like, left on the ground. He's like, I'm going to stall him because we're out of bullets. So he starts getting bit and stuff and, yep. like, having a fist fight with these zombies. Yep. And his name is Roger. I don't know why I remember that, but I just kind of, I think they said his name. I was like, three survivors find a helicopter. Make that. I wrote three survivors. I was getting ready to say, yeah. like, three of them get away. As I was writing that down, I, like, make that two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was so, like, Roger Fall. It's really badly shot. Like, there's the stunt. <laughs> It, it looks silly. Uh, so Roger jumps and grabs the helicopter, and he's, like, hanging on, but the zombies pull him down, yep. and so he's down on the ground, and he's fighting these, like, creatures off, and this is all happening on the military base, mind yep. you, right? And, yeah. These zombies crave human flesh, correct? This guy is down there for a while, and uh-huh. he's got, like, at least, like, 10 to 15 zombies around him. And they're just like, just, just clawing. They're like, just, you'd think they'd be eating his flesh, like most zombie movies. <laughs> they don't eat his flesh. They're no. just like, hand, they're like touching him. Pawing him. Pawing him, handing him. And like, he does like moves, like he does like wrestling moves on yeah. him. Like he does a snapmare uh-huh. on one. Yeah. And he's like punching and yeah. kicking and karate. Yeah. Somehow he gets away from all these zombies. And right after this this happens. This is one of the best moments of the movie. 
save it for last. The military coming in with, with all their guys that are supposed to kill everybody. Uh-huh. They see uh, this man, like I, I, I think his, like I just said, somehow I understand his name is Roger. Uh-huh. They see him. We get a slow motion shot. Uh-huh. Roger in slow motion runs toward the military asking for help. It's hilarious. And obviously, the military this time don't mess up. And they shoot him up and kill him. I have a couple things about this scene. Yep. First, so we established him falling off the helicopter, attacking zombies, yep. right? Mm-hmm. All that happens at this military base, it's kind of like a like a like a mowed over, it's kind of dirt and stuff, like yep. where this helicopter is, right? Yep. So it cuts to the military guys, cuts back to him. We are supposed to be in the exact same place. It's just the military guys caught up to him, right? Yep. That is not where he's at. He's in the middle of a very tall grass field. Yeah. The military base is nowhere in sight. Yep. They even show the camera around. There's nothing around him to indicate that he was where he was at five seconds ago. Yeah. That's true. It's a completely different place. He's in a different time zone. Probably. <laughs> completely different place. <laughs> and then... What do they do? <laughs> they rip off the platoon scene. Yep. That's right. The helicopter's leaving. Yep. It goes into slow motion as they shoot him. Mm-hmm. He flings his arms up like the character from Platoon. We won't say who because no spoilers. And he's just like dying like in Platoon. And I, I mean, obviously, it's on the cover of Platoon. Right. So it's like, you know what we're talking about? That imagery is out there. Yeah. That's what they're aping. It's really bad. Maybe Ben Stiller was aping this movie more than he was Platoon. <laughs> Maybe. I'm messing. I'm messing with you. So, <laughs> so the movie ends like they're in the helicopter, and then the DJ comes back on, and he's talking about the new world for the zombies. Yeah, the DJ has turned into a zombie, <clears throat> but he's talking and still doing his DJ duties. Yep. He says, "Year zero, lots of work to be done." Yep. Yep. It's real stupid. It is. Then, movie over. Crazy, weird rock pop song over uh-huh. the credits. What do you think of this film? Okay, so obviously this is a really bad movie. I won't deny that I I kind of had fun watching it, just because, like, like I said, I found it entertaining. It's a bad movie. There's no getting around it. Um, I think this is the worst movie we have talked about in front of a microphone. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, we've both, you know... Crapped on it pretty hard. Contamination was a better movie. Yeah, so we were gonna... <laughs> yeah, I wish everyone could hear a Contamination talk. Maybe someday we'll release it as like a bonus episode. We recorded it probably a few years back. Yeah. It was fun. That was a movie that neither one of us really enjoyed, but like, it had a few redeeming moments here and there. There was story. It's true. Um, this, this is just a... I don't know what to call it, but... Uh, this, to me, felt like a trauma Ed Wood-type trash film. Like, the, I don't sure. think there's anything redeeming of this movie. I, I really don't. I mean, it's not boring, I guess. You could say that. But there's nothing good. There's no good craftsmanship here. Sure. There's nothing in the film that I was like, oh, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, the, the most thing I can say about this is I, I, I did find it to be entertaining. Like, I may watch it again. I'm, I'm not going to get rid of this Blu-ray just because I may watch it again someday. If I'm having, like, a bad day, maybe I'll just 
turn it on to laugh. To make it your day worse. Maybe. Maybe I want to have the worst day of all time. Just watch Paddington. That'll make your day <laughs> better. True. But um, also, I'm like a Fulci completist, so that's, you know, that's a, that's neither here nor there. Well, if you can pick out the 15 but, minutes that he contributed, and good I, on you. That is the worst part I can say about this movie, is I wrote this after I watched it, was like, I can't find Fulci in this movie. Like The movie looks anywhere. the same all the way through. Sure. And that kind of bummed me out, just because, like, that was like... One of the big reasons I want to watch this movie is because I knew he was... Uh-huh. You know, he still gets credit, hash, you know, quote-unquote, as directing the movie. And so I just wanted to... I, I, I was interested in it. And uh, it let me down. This to has to be worse than anything Argento has done in the 90s, right? I would... Like, I've not seen I much of his so. stuff. Yeah. But I know a lot of people shit on Argento. Sure. Like, his, his bad, like... Post opera movies, right? Yeah, this, this, this has there's to be, no way that this is better than any of those. I would think this would be top of the list. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like this has got to be like one of the biggest fall from grace yeah. film ever to be released by a director of note. And I will be honest, it bums me out like thinking about it that way because I have such a fondness for Mr. Fulci. I I really do enjoy him a lot. So this like this very much bummed me out. But at no level was there like a competent movie here. Right. No, it's not, not like the movie was taken away from him. Sure. It's not like yeah. you know the studio screwed him over on a cut right. or anything from, like that. From all uh, from all accounts, it just seems you know he he got sick and he didn't get better. There's just nothing in this yeah. film that's competent. Yeah, no, I agree. It's kind of depressing, but. With that being said, I was entertained at least, so that's what I can say about it. So, yeah, I mean, I had some laughs. Yeah, but this is a bad movie. Make no mistake about it. So, from listening to us, you got a good zombie movie from Fulci, and then you got one of the worst zombie movies. Yes, and just for those interested out there, if you do want to see Zombie Three or buy Zombie Three for some reason, like I did, there is a Blu-ray by Severin. Um, I will say, you know, they do a pretty good job of the transfer for as much as they can. There are interviews on here, and there's a trailer, there's an audio commentary with a couple of the stars, so um, I will still pimp out the Blu-ray, just because I think Severin does great work, and I will say that whether you like the movie or not, they do a a well-deserved treatment for the movie. So. Alright, man. Well... I'm going to say that's it for us, right? Unless you have any other thoughts. Yeah, this has been great. Um, Stacy, what are we doing next time? Well, I'm thinking that we need to dive in to some dark and gritty shit. And we're going to watch some Dirty Harry and Death Wish. All right. I actually have never seen either of these movies. Oh. Now, I have seen bits and pieces when I was younger of, Her of Dirty, ha Dirty Harry. I remember, like, it played on TV from time to time. So, sure. Like, I remember... Very small bits. I never watched the whole thing, and I've never seen them uncut. So, All right. Well, this will be fun. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys uh, here in a couple weeks. So it's been great. Later. Later.